thought you just na- I just thought you'd. No, I wouldn't nab a pen. Inch the pen. No, 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 no. Someone's it's a rubbish pen. Stolen. 2019. <laughs> Somebody's stolen his pen, <laughs> and they're going to pay. <laughs> Stephen Hill, Remfrey Deadman, <laughs> the Incinator. <laughs> <laughs> let's go keep that in keep that in episode 60 of Riot Act is here uh, starting with a trailer for the Incinator yeah sure <laughs> you still haven't got a pen no alright so Renfrey we... asked me for a pen hello welcome to Riot Act the alternative music podcast I'm Stephen Hill he's Renfrey Deadman Renfrey asked me for a pen just before we started recording this week's show and I said there is no pen in this house and then I did a little sort of 80s action film trailer regarding the lack of pens in my house a pastiche if you will it's satire very good satire <laughs> uh coming up on this week's show we're gonna fuck off trade off again because why is, is that Renfrey? that's you, my you fault you just didn't want to listen Don't, to some rap music no 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 uh it's been very busy that we're coming up to a period of time uh which i call september 27th aka death week um, oh it's gonna be busy next week oh, oh boy oh boy oh boy it's busy next week and it's just making me come out in hives and uh i just haven't had an opportunity really to mm. delve into the plan b Mm. And basically, I would have had an opportunity to listen to it once, and I didn't think that was good enough. No, so you I said it a few times. Anyway, yeah. so we're not doing that. What we are doing is reviewing new albums from Opeth, Blink One Eighty Two, See You Space Cowboy, Tides from Nebula, and Sir. Yeah. Uh, go over to musicism.net. They are our friends and compadres and they help us out with... Move that fucking thing. We're trying to make this look nice on the YouTube channel and Renfrey's leaving the bloody box on the side. I thought it looked nice. No one wants to see that. I mean, it's not even like it looks... You're seeing the radiator and the fucking weird green walls out the window. It's bad enough as it is, let alone with the box on the side. Right. load of... Invisible pens hanging around. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was the middle of the music of the sting. Musicism.net, they do some of the best courses in the world uh, for you. If you are a guitarist, if you're a singer, if you're a producer, if you want to create music, but you don't feel like you're good enough, number one, turn that frown upside down and get some self-esteem. You are good enough, but actually it probably would help if you had a few courses at the same time. So go over to musicism.net. It's $9.99 a month or 25% off if you put the word Riot in capitals in the checkout. And they're good friends of ours. So thanks, guys. You're have the you, best. Have you considered motivational speaking, uh, Steve? No. Um, uh, also, go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to subscribe and become, you know, a quid a month. We'll put a little bit of extra scrag in our pocket, won't mm-hmm. it? Is scrag yep, and help worth us out. money? Um, yeah, and sure. there's a bunch of yep. stuff there which we haven't added to for ages, which is really bad of us. But that is coming. I will say, do you know what? We do keep saying this every week at the moment, and I do apologise. But um, from me to you, I absolutely, and from from us to you, I apologise. Yeah. But there is a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, and things are happening. I recorded a special yesterday, which I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about as of yet because it's not going to come out for a while. But you know, we are doing things, and there are plans being made. I'm reading books, Steve. It's very interesting uh, yeah. for research for big, big things that we're doing. Mm. Uh, and obviously, we've had a few setbacks in the last few months, which you all know about. We're not going to go on about it. But um, we are, we're getting there. And thank you for your patience, basically. Yeah, we appreciate that. Well, I think we're going to try and do some writer's reviews. Just get bang, bang, bang a few out. When it happens, you'll suddenly have four or five all at once. Oh, don't promise that. We want to do that so that we can relax a bit. Damn. I'm kind there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, uh, you went to see a band, Renfrey. Yeah, I really wanted to talk Called about Pile. Pile. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now you are familiar with Pile. I know the name, and I'm convinced that that means I've listened to them. Okay. But yet, what they sound like and who they are, I, I, right now, I couldn't tell you. It's a tricky one to be honest. Um. So basically, Sunday morning, I got a text from my very good friend Vlad. Uh, and he said, uh, do you want to come to this gig tonight? And I wasn't really in the mood because I'd just been to the Big Red's final ever night. A bit of London-centric news, but the Big Red was a big... I was going to uh, go to that, but I went to see It Chapter 2 and I didn't realise It Chapter 2 was nine hours long. Oh, fucking... Yeah, it is about three hours, fucking isn't it? Isn't it long. longer than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, it is. That's yeah. ridiculous. And just as bad as well. Oh, did you not like Once Upon a Time? No. This is not I... a movie review show. Um, Both rubbish. Mm, I want to talk about this now. Um, anyway, uh, so yes, um, I'd been to the Big Reds last night, the previous night, was feeling a little bit worse for wear um, and I wasn't really in the mood and, and, and Vlad just said, come on, this is this, I promise you, this is one of my favourite bands of uh, the year. They've released my album of the year. Vlad works for Small Pond. We've covered some Small Pond releases in the past, Physics House Bands, uh, Wildcat Strike, et cetera, et cetera. And I trust his judgment. So I went, fuck it, I'm going to go. And I'm so glad I did. Um, it was at Moth Club, uh, which I haven't been to as of yet. Really nice. Have you been to Moth Club? Before? I haven't been to Moth Club. I don't even know what it is if I'm being So it's, it's in Hackney and it's like a working man's club. Oh. Um, working man's club. Gentrified East London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, classic, classic. But, you know, it's quite nice, actually. And I, I was just, I was in it the whole time just thinking, I can't believe Dave Grohl played here about three weeks ago. It's absolutely he? bonk. Yeah, yeah. He opened it up again because it reopened. Oh. Um, it's a ni- really nice space. Um, but... Pile are, I mean, they're about five albums in now, and they've been going since about 2007, very DIY operation. Um, and they, it's describing their sound, it's quite difficult because they go to all all sorts of places, but they're quite wiry. There's a sort of Fugazi-esqueness to them, mm. like good emo kind of stuff going on as well, maybe a bit of rival schools and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned Wildcat Strike, actually. If you can imagine Wildcat Strike, but generally heavier, um, but there's they use you've charmed me <laughs> yeah i i think uh, t- in fact if we were going to do trade-off this week i was almost going to give you pile's new album because i'm really intrigued as to what you will think of this band well we should do it as a catch-up yeah yeah i think i think you'll I'm be big into there it. are like so many albums we haven't covered this year um, i've yes. never realized how many it's not until you start putting the albums together yourself oh that you go fuck me there's a lot that we've missed I, well I, we, I have a list of about 50 at the moment, it's a lot, isn't it? we're ne- we're never going to get through them all. No, I'm not. sorry, but people do keep suggesting stuff, and uh, and uh, we do appreciate. Quite I galling when we're reviewing Blink One Eighty Two. Whose fault is that, Steve? Um, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's Step- Space Jam Man's fault, actually. Um, hello, Space Jam Man, because um, he suggested it at our live show. Anyway, pile. My goodness. Um, the atmosphere in the room was electric. Um, for a band who I'd never, I hadn't even heard of them. And you know, when you go to a show and you're like, huh, everyone's into this band. Yeah. Or so it feels like, it's like, where the hell have I been? And I was just instantly won over every single song they kept playing. I was like, oh, this is a really good song. And then the next song I thought was better. And the song after that I thought was better and better and better. I ended up, I mean, I don't have an awful lot of money at the moment. And I, I went to their merch desk and bought three of their albums because <laughs> I was hell. like, I need Pile in my life. And I just figured they just seem to be a band who people who know, know. Um, but, you know, I mean, Moth Club, it was sold out, but it must only be 200 cap or something like that. But I was 
you know that lovely feeling where you it's quite rare for us i suppose but that lovely lovely feeling where you go to a gig knowing absolutely nothing and you come out of it going fuck me what a brilliant band yeah i love that yeah um, very, yeah you're right it doesn't happen as much as it well you it want it to well it doesn't happen for us because we usually get you know a pr bully to come to <laughs> We, we usually get someone asking us to go to a show or something like that or, or or we get recommended by other bands or whatever there's usually something that gives us a bit of a heads up as to what we're getting ourselves in for so it was just such a nice experience to just go to something knowing absolutely nothing and really being blown away and then yeah. hearing that this these guys have been have been around for 12 years i was like why haven't i got on this before um I guess it's just down to the whole completely DIY thing. I think they literally do everything themselves. Mm. Um, but they are really good. And I, I think you will be big into them. Lots of 90s vibes. Yeah, um, I'm definitely. Someone's told me to listen to them or I have happened upon them. And it's just slipped my mind because, you know, I'm, I'm starting to forget bands even exist. Yeah. Know, nearly 40 years old. But, um, I did, but I did just want to, you know, go listen to pile guys because they are really fucking great and i had a really good time i'm I'm even to the point where i'm now talking to booking agents and asking them to book them to come back because this was the first time pile played the uk in about six years don't quote me on that but it was a while so um but uh, they are looking to come back in the spring okay um i went to see actually you're going to euroblast aren't you yeah so we'll talk about an even structure we could do it both Together, yeah. um, you're going to Euroblast and I'm going to the Mercury Music Prize. So Exciting. will be quite a different... You'll be reviewing that and I'll be reviewing um, that. I won't be reviewing Euroblast but next week. I'll be reviewing it the week after. Uh, yeah, so I'm getting my weekends mixed up. Sorry, world. <laughs> um, but I am going to the Mercury. I'm going to the Mercury's tomorrow, so I'll, I'll report back next week. Ooh, tomorrow. Um, Exciting. Have you got a black tie? Have I got a black tie? Will you be wearing a black tie? Maybe. Ooh. Probably not, mm. to be fair. We wear, I, wear a, I dress up nice. You wear a shirt? Wear a shirt. Ben Sherman? Probably not Ben Sherman. <laughs> no. Probably just a white shirt. This isn't interesting. Sorry. Yeah, it might be interesting. <laughs> Who are you to say it's not interesting? Um, we should talk a little bit about the various things that have been happening this week. Yeah, go on. First off, um, well, I, I want to say another... We say this every time, to be fair, but um, it's going to happen more and more that we do these kind of... Uh, obituaries i guess for people um daniel johnston passed away on the 11th of september um so it was just after we had recorded last week i know it's kind of um over a week ago now as this podcast goes out but um i think it's definitely you know something that we we should mention Mm. um from a suspected heart attack the day after he was released from hospital following complications unspecified complications with his kidney he was 58 years old um if you aren't aware of Daniel Johnston, which I guess many listeners may not be, because mm. he's not the sort of artist who uh, had massive mainstream appeal or success, but what he did have was an incredible cult following. Yes. Um, I can't sit here and pretend like I was a massive, massive fan of Daniel Johnston's music, but... I will say the same as well, just but, to quickly introduce. Yeah. But his influence is huge. Um, And what I do respect from the various sort of three or four albums of his that I listened to uh, was the way that he approached music, I think is amazing and completely unique. I think he's probably one of the most honest, purest voices in music. 
I think mm-hmm. that kind of lo-fi aesthetic that he had, which is not by design, it's completely by accident. There, mm. There's there's a real again. I wouldn't really often sit and listen to Daniel Johnson. Very rarely, if if at all, mm. I listen to more out of curiosity more mm. than anything. Kind of um, most people, I think, of my age would have been familiar with him from Kurt Cobain wearing the High How Are You t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I do get a genuine sense of this is completely unfiltered, pure, raw music coming from the heart and soul of Daniel Johnston when I listen to his music, even though I can't sit here and pretend like I'm, you know, a huge fan of it. But you could all go, um, you could also argue that's been his biggest inspiration and that's why um, he's so revered by lots of different artists because it really is that kind of lo-fi, raw, just go out and do it kind Mm. of thing, which is a very admirable um, Trait. trait. And when we say influencing a lot of musicians uh i had a quick look at a list of artists that have covered daniel johnson's songs oh, yeah. right flaming lips beck tom Waite, death cab for cutie bright eyes the eels tv on the radio i could go on and on and on that is just a very very small portion of the artists that have covered daniel johnston mm-hmm. so his influence um is massive he's a real artist artist i feel like he's yeah. somebody that great singers and artists and musicians really really aspired to be like like a rite of passage almost listening to um in fact that's when i first heard of him when i was doing singer songwriter stuff um and must have been when i first heard him as well so uh, i think it was recording my ep actually it must have been my producer the guy who produced my ep who um introduced me to him but yes um yeah very much so just Mm -hmm. agreeing basically yeah um i would say for those of you who aren't familiar with him and maybe I'm almost not sure if his music is the best place to start. I actually think, have you seen The Devil and Daniel Johnson? I haven't actually. I'll lend it to you. Yeah, okay. absolutely the most captivating, fascinating, heartfelt, emotional, touching, inspiring, beautiful, bewildering, jaw-dropping movie about an artist that I've ever seen. Okay. It's absolutely phenomenal right. like i again was familiar with daniel johnston and knew his music and i'd seen the t-shirt and i was aware of what he was but i had no idea of just the kind of the life that he led and the way that he could you know and um i mean there's a scene with talking about the incident with his father in the aircraft do you know about this i don't actually okay do you know what i'm not going to spoil it on this podcast Mm. by i'm not going to ruin it by Mm. saying it on this podcast but something happened with him and his dad in a light aircraft um and he's somebody who has struggled immensely with mental health issues and did struggle continually with mental health issues throughout his entire life and when you hear that story and when they show you that part on the documentary it's it's i i i can't even find a word for it now okay it is unbelievable so as a kind of portrait of a of a of a man and then kind of you know something to watch that you will just go i had no idea Mm. and wow what story Mm -hmm. the devil in daniel johnson is just fucking incredible incredible film it's one of the best music documentaries ever made it's unbelievable so I cannot recommend that enough. Um, so, yeah, I thought, although it's not 
he's not an artist that I hold dearly. I'm sure a lot of people listening will do. And I just thought it was definitely worth us paying our respects. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So RIP to Daniel Johnston and the, um, all the amazing things that he did with his life, which are many. Um, moving on, Renfrey, the Hella Mega Tour we spoke about last week. Keeps briefly. coming up. Keeps coming up, doesn't it? Old uh, <clears throat> Green Day, Fallout Boy, Weezer, and not the Interrupters on the UK leg. You know what? I just went with you on that last yeah, week because I, I was like, was. he's probably read it somewhere. But um, no, uh, that was misreported. Apologies mm. there. Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to be like fucking as it is or something something awful like that. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, there's been a bit of a kind of uproar this week due to the Hello Mega Tours VIP tour package, which costs <laughs> an eye-watering £576.50 for a ticket. Mm. Which already, I'm like, do you get to piggyback on Billy Joe Armstrong's back? Well, if you get a BJ from BJ, that'd be quite good. Yeah, it would. Do you get to like punch Pete Wentz in the cock? <laughs> <laughs> we've all seen it um so. yeah we have haven't we do you want to know that's what a you joke get? from 2007 like, <laughs> yeah, isn't it it's still Whenever the same cock yeah. it, <laughs> um so uh this is called the rainbow unicorn package do you know have you seen what you get with this i i, I didn't i didn't actually even know this story i seem to have avoided it somehow, okay but. so the rainbow unicorn vip package for the hella mega tour Already an irritating title. Really, really, really irritating. Um, well, the Rainbow Unicorn Package and Hello Megator. But... Yeah, and Fallout Boy. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, you get one premium ticket. So I imagine that's some sort of golden circle ticket. Okay, so I reckon that'll be around 170 quid worth. Yeah. You get a backstage tour led by members of the Hello Megator team. So a roadie. Poor PR who has to do that. Yeah, or a PR. <laughs> yeah. You get one official Hella Mega Tour lie, though. I don't even know. They're, aren't they those um, like aren't a, they those pass, like yeah. guest pass things? Uh, like a laminate. A laminate thing, right. yeah. They cost about 50p to make, but they always come in these kind of packages as like a special collector's item thing. Yeah. And they Flash are. that at the guy on the, the security guard going into Green Day's dressing room. He'll definitely let you in. <laughs> definitely <laughs> it'll be like oh you got one of them oh sure sure come on in come up and play when i come around uh yeah uh come and sit in tray cool seat <laughs> grab a beer why not um one hella mega commemorative ticket a ticket a piece of paper which looks nice so you get a piece of paper with like maybe cardboard patrick stump shaking hands with rivers Cuomo, <laughs> sort of embroidered into it great one hella mega tour Water bottle, Ooh. a bottle of water. <laughs> you mean you get one of humanity's basic human privileges in a bottle? Pla uh, yeah, bottled in uh, something which we probably can't recycle and will kill orca whales or something. Yeah, great. hooray, great. And hey, it's no no good having a bottle if you can't open it, is it? <laughs> so one Hella Megator bottle opener. Wow. So not only do you get the bottle, you could get to open it as well. Wow. -wee. Presumably That's great. you get a straw as well. <laughs> a commemorative straw. And hey, Renfrey, now you've 
got your bottle mm-hmm. with the water inside. There's precious, Won't be water pre- in mine. Precious water. <laughs> <laughs> you've opened the bottle with your new bottle opener. Yeah. You've drunk the delicious vodka. Wa- special water straight <laughs> vodka that, uh, that yeah. lives therein. Yeah. Um, and now, you, what, what, you meant to just walk around holding the bottle in the bottle opener? You don't want that, do the you? The bottle opener I can probably put in my pocket, to be fair. You don't want to walk around with your bloody bottle. bottle yeah. I mean, what well, you want, depends how special the bottle is. What you want Uh-oh. is one Hella Mega Tour commemorative drawstring bag. What? To put the bottle in. My goodness uh, gracious is, me. That's amazing. It's better, doesn't it? It's very good. Mind you, um, we have uh, drawstring bags for sale on the old Riot Act merch page, which uh, are a lot less than 500 yeah, or whatever that costs. They're like six pounds. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my hand, head, but yes, probably something like that. Mm. So get one of those instead. Yeah, we'll give you a bottle Please. of water with it as well. If you really yeah, fuck it. Sure. Um, one Hella Mega commemorative laminate. Now, you're getting a Litho oh. and a laminate. Oh, so maybe Litho. No, okay, so maybe I've got the Litho wrong because that is definitely. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm going to Google Litho right now. Excellent. Okay. A Litho is a method of printing originally based on the immiscibility of oil and water. Oh, oh it's so like a lithograph. Oh, right. Okay. So I guess it's pronounced Litho as well. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. A li- yeah, Litho. I mean, it's a picture. It's a picture, yeah. It's probably a picture which is signed, but I would guess that the signature is printed on, would be my guess. Probably. Now, this is where it gets exciting. Access to the Hella Mega Hospitality Lounge <gasps> and experience, <laughs> <laughs> which means standing in a bar with like a, a third less of the people that you'd be queuing for anyway. Yes. Um, with complimentary snacks, Ooh. a.k.a some pringles and a small tub of pringles and a cash bar open brackets where available <laughs> close brackets so let's not pretend you don't get a free drink you got on a cash bar definitely <laughs> it may be not even definitely is that a bar that specifically won't take card probably yeah <laughs> um vip entrance to the venue open brackets where available Right. So maybe not even VIP entrance. Do we know if the premium tickets are um, seated or standing? I guess we don't, do we? No, I think they'll be the little golden circle. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, VIP entrance to the venue, um, where available. Uh, On-site VIP hosts. Really? What, per person? Doubt. I do not believe that it's per person. It will be, it means one, but there'll be about, there's a team of 10 people, yeah. a bunch of actors, out of work actors, yeah. who are going to be walking around going, hey guys, who's looking forward to Sugar We're Coming Up? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know the songs you cunt. <laughs> so, Sugar great. We're Coming Up is like yeah. a Nine Inch Nail song, surely. Yeah, maybe. It says, please note, no VIP package include a meet and greet. There is no artist involvement with any of these packages. Oh, dear me. Now, Renfrey, I have long sort of not stuck up for, for VIP packages. I have gone, if you buy them, you're an idiot, basically. And if you buy them, people will keep doing them. And if people keep charging more, and they are shit. They mm-hmm. are. They're shit. But bands do need to make money. Yada, 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 yada. I don't think I've ever seen anything as like 
tragic as this. Nearly six hundred pounds. There was a Guns N' Roses one, which is not far off. But uh, yes, um, I mean, I mean, having said that, this isn't. I mean, I'm quite happy to break this down to remind people how stupid and idiotic this sort of thing is. Um, but this isn't new, is it? No, it's it? not like, new. Like, it's definitely not new. It's not new, but it's. I mean, that is an absolute. How much was a Guns N' Roses one? Yeah, we're going back a couple of years now, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to pluck figures out of my ass which is okay. what i would have to do but, yeah, but sure. it was certainly around the same kind of price mm, yeah. okay i mean that is an unbelievable amount of money oh it's ridiculous so 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 little it's ridiculous and it's aiming at people who go to like one gig a year who make more money than sense make more money who, who have more money than sense mm. and um yeah i mean if you it's <laughs> Uh, we occasionally get these kind of things given to us for free. I've never had that given to me for free. Nothing like that. That's because you don't like Iron Maiden. Um, oh, right, okay. Iron Maiden <laughs> usually give this sort of shit out for free to their, um, you know, to journalists, fan club, fan club or journalists or whatever. Um, and so, like last time I went um, out with Maiden, wow, with Maiden, I'm. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I was invited up to Nottingham to go and see the like best oh, on the, uh, the Iron Maiden bus. On the Iron Maiden, <laughs> the bus. Iron Maiden bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah God, I wasn't invited to that. I wonder why. <laughs> you got did... their bloody first album on vinyl. Yeah, but you did savage the last one, as far as I recall. Pretty bad. <laughs> I, we're not getting to that now. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, they're a bigger fish to fry. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, and they gave us all a tote bag with Eddie on it, and um, we all wow. got a t-shirt and um, a, a, a lithograph and a, pe- a piece of. Did it come with things that the, a disclaimer saying you would definitely give the Book of Souls ten out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it didn't. thanks for the ten out of ten it review. Didn't. No, no, I promise you, it didn't. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I have this bet. Maybe I should bring. I wonder if I should bring it next week, and like I can show because I have most of the stuff that was in it still, and I can you know show people this is the sort of tacky. It's tacky bullshit that is bought. You know, they'll go to uh, a, a reputable company, but a company like Awesome Merchandise or something like that, and ask for a hundred bottle openers, which will cost them fifty six pounds to make or something like that, mm. and then just spread them all out. It's a ridiculous money grab, money making thing. To be fair to the bands themselves, I don't think it's the bands making these kind of decisions. No, I don't. Obviously, they have to... Sign it off. Sign it off. But I think once you get to that level, I think you get these contracts which are ridiculously long and have clauses in them which are along the lines of... um, it will be it'll be Ticketmaster or or the promoter or someone along. It'll be one of those people who are who are ri- actually ripping people off. And yes, the band will get a cut, but the majority of the money will be going to the promoter or or the ticket vendor or whatever. You know, that's that's the people who are making these packages. Yeah, but I just think I mean this one particularly. I was like, it's really I would bad. love to meet the person who bought it. If I've got some fucking magic beans to sell to them. <laughs> Maybe but, we could ask her to, to go to that VIP. I mean, you're not going to go to the gig, are you? I might do. I really want to go. I don't think know how long I'll last, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, there's enough piss breaks during a fucking Weezer gig <laughs> these days to like make me go, do I really want to go and see Weezer? I will. Oh, I mean, the last 
last few times I've seen them, they've been great. Yeah, they they have actually. I saw them. They were very very good at Wembley. Really, really. Oh good. yeah, you were at that Wembley. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was great. That, was that show excellent. Um, and they and actually <laughs> they hadn't released two absolutely <laughs> dreadful records on the back of that. But they don't really play those songs. Well. I, I, I've seen them since the Black Album's come out and I've never seen them play a Black Album song. Um, I mean, they, they, they've done they, that new song as well. Haven't they? Have you heard their new song? The new Weezer song? Yeah. No, I didn't know about this. Well, they all, all the three bands on this tour, this is going back a couple of weeks now, but um, they've all released, they all released, the day the tour got announced, they all three bands released a new song. Ah. And Green Day's one is fucking a disaster. I've, it I've, is terrible. I've heard lots of, lots of people say that. I'm, I, I, as I've said a lot on this podcast, I, I tend to try and wait for albums to come out. Before yeah, I just, things. I heard the new Green Day song and I just thought, well, this sounds like sort of razor light B-side. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't the, think... The I, Weezer one's not very good either. I don't think I've heard anyone say anything good about the Green Day one, I have to say, and I am a little bit nervous about listening to it. Mm. You know, I don't call Green Day a punk band anymore. And I think if you go to the Olympic Stadium and expect to see some sort of like ethical DIY punk thing, Weezer have never been a punk band either. A Fallout Boy. I know they can say like we came from the punk scene and interestingly, interestingly, super quickly though, Green Day are still. I I, I haven't listened to the song, but I have seen the sort of um, aesthetic which is coming with that new album because they're releasing an album in February next year. What I'm trying to say is they're still trying to go for that a punk aesthetic, whether you view them as a punk band now or not. Mm. yeah that's true um yeah, it's, yeah the, the, the argument about when green day stopped becoming a punk band is boring. certainly an interesting way it's pretty boring <laughs> well, i did see uh there's a video on do you see that what culture um youtube channel they did something about like when bands got better after they quote unquote sold out and the guy was arguing oh, for yeah. green day going oh when they released american idiot like everyone thought when they released dookie everyone thought they were the most punk band in the world i was like did they so <laughs> They got banned from Gilman Street, more, you fucking... What are you yeah, about? Yeah, they weren't more punk than the germs. No, like, <laughs> fucking like, we don't want you in Maximum Rock and Roll. You've sold out. That was like fucking seven years before. I think, Some I think they still do. I mean, it seems like every time Green Day begin an album cycle, there are always tiny, tiny shows that they do. And a band of their size really do not need to do that. So mm. for this tour in particular... Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but they did the Whiskey A Go-Go. Yes, I did see that. Um, three of them did, didn't they? The, yeah, all three of them did. And I have to say, I looked at the set list. Now, this is probably down to the fact that they clearly decided that they were only going to have 12 songs each, mm-hmm. which is actually exactly what I want to see in a way. Not enough yeah. time for too many. You want to see 12 Fall Out Boy songs, do you? Um, oh, I think it meant just from, from all 12 songs each from all three of them. I, I, well, look, if I was going to see a Fallout Boy set, I think I'd rather see... Sure, the, the better, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, 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 set, the set that... I will say the set that Fallout Boy did at the Whiskey Go-Go, it was all right. I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's all right. It's got some good Who songs in this it. guy? No, well, you know, up, up to... Two weeks ago, I was like, oh, Renfrew likes just really like chin strokey, very good. I'm the one who likes. The you wait, you like, wait till we get yeah, to the Bling 182. The you, you know, you're like sitting there like going, no, dinosaur pile up is too simple. <laughs> it's not for me. It's pop shit. Like, it's too, like, I need something which I can really get. All things going, I've never said. And now you're going, no, yeah. But I'm paraphrasing <laughs> for my own ends. But. <laughs> Going, well, if I am going to watch Fallout Boy, I can watch 12 songs. 12 songs? Well, 
okay. Well, I would probably choose eight, but I was surprised. I was like, you know, it's like thanks for the memories and sugar we're going down and sugar and, we going down is all right. Um, um, what's it? This ain't this ain't a scene. It's a goddamn. Oh, race is fucking great. Oh fuck off! It is. Look, those for is it the first three Fallout Boy albums? I don't love them. I don't adore them. I was kind of, I felt like they passed me by a little bit when they came out, but they are good for what they are. I think what they beyond, are is a disgrace. <laughs> beyond this is definitely going to come up later. I think <laughs> what, 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 um, yeah, beyond that, bar that really pack weird Paxam EP they did. Did you hear that? Oh, mate, I'm giving that to you on trade off no, one day. No, no, you aren't. You'll be surprised. It's like 20 minutes long. Oh, fuck. <laughs> We stop talking about his fucking tour. <laughs> anyway, basically, you brought it up. yeah, I know I did. Okay, so you like Fallout Boy now? Great. Well, I don't. I, do, I don't really. But I'm, my whole point, the Whiskey Go Go shows, because they did twelve songs each. It was very much like this is a snapshot of the best of of these bands. And when you put three bands on a bill together like that, I think it brings out the best in all of those bands, mm. whether we like those bands or not. So I think I do genuinely think that this could be a really exciting tour from that perspective. If you like this kind of thing. Well, uh, I've just ordered us two tickets for the old rainbow unicorn VIP package while you were running on. Oh, about fucking how great boy were there. Do so I owe you six hundred quid We're supposed to sit now. there and go like, you know what? This is bullshit. And you know, whether the people can afford it and yes, people could buy it, but ultimately we shouldn't be doing this sort of thing because it's a fucking rip off and it's not good. But actually, no, let's go. Let's go. Let's have a bottle of water. We'll have a bag to keep it in. We can even open it as well. And we've got a fucking cartograph or whatever the thing's called. I think it's nonsense. An, isn't it an additional 30 quid to open it, probably? Yeah, but I think it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of new songs, as we were, about the new nursery uh, band songs, uh, Black Peaks have a new song. It's called yeah. King. Um, we don't usually just do like a one-track review of stuff. Because I think this is a good exception though because I don't believe it's going to be on it's an not, album. Yeah, it's almost certainly yeah. not going to be on an album. A bit like um, the Slipknot song that mm, they brought the out. Devil just no. 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 The Devil in I. No. No. Not The Devil in I at <laughs> oh, all. Fuck, Surfacing. It? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what it's called. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. It doesn't really matter. But that no. Slipknot song they brought out, I've not listened to it since to be perfectly honest. I thought it was quite good as well. Um, it's going to fuck me off what it's called. But yeah, sure. For whatever. All that life? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. All that life. Um, Very excited. Black Peaks have a new song called King. Again, probably not going to be on any of their albums. Debuted um, last night to us um, on the Radio One, uh, the Radio One show. Last night to us. This is a confusing sentence. <laughs> I know, what well, are you I'm, talking about? Annie Mac uh, <laughs> put it, played it on her Radio One show as the hottest record in the world. Oh, I know. It's very hot coming from her. That's yeah, really big big shit. Old Maxter. Yeah, uh, don't think she likes being called that actually. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, obviously last year we were very very keen and still are very very keen on all that divides. Fucking great records, and um, the band and the boys have had you know some issues recently. Which uh, I actually spoke to Will the other day, and he's he's he seems like he's doing better. Yeah, so I spoke to Will a couple glad, of weeks ago. I'm glad you're doing better, Will, and obviously yeah. we hope you feel much better soon. And you know, they've got a headline tour coming up. But anyway, King Renfrey by Black Peaks. Um, what I think what the sort of preamble was, was that we fucking have been pretty vocal about how much we like this band. We fucking love this band. Yeah, yeah. they're excellent. And this is a little step closer towards what I think the end game of Black Peaks is going to be. Because again, it's uh, it feels broader. It feels more cinematic it mm-hmm. feels like it has 
depth and layers. I still don't really feel like I've got a handle on a it properly. On it. Yeah. Um, which uh, they've always done very, very well. They're always the sort of band where you go, great, straight away. And then four or five listens in, you go, ah, this is really great. Well, I'm going to come out and just say this. I mean, I I think it shits all over the singles that were released on um, All That all the Divides. Mm-hmm. Um, w- when we reviewed All That Divides, I think that is a great record. It is, yeah. But at the time, I was a little bit like... In my opinion, the single, the the singles on it. So I'm talking about "Can't Sleep." Can't and sleep, home, like yeah, home. "Can't Sleep" was a song that actually I really liked, and but I love it so much more within the context of the album. Yes, yes, I think the singles definitely work better within the context of the album. But um, the thing that I love about King is I do feel like it stands up on its own, mm-hmm. and um, "Can't Sleep" and "Home" to me didn't stand up on their own until they were with the rest of the album material yeah um i mean and there are better songs like for my money there are better songs on that record than those two as well much better yeah Yeah. Uh, well they are the two i would go as far as to say they're not only the two weakest songs on that record they're the two weakest songs in the band's catalogue i would say Mm. um but um uh i think king's fantastic um i i if anything, it, I was left with a sort of weird kind of like, oh my God, that song is brilliant vibe. But then also I'm just really annoyed it's not going to be on any of their records now because I really think it's excellent. Well, um, you never know. It may well be. It may well, it may well They may well kind of either rework it or stick it on some point yeah. in the album. But I yeah. think, you know, I love it when bands do this and they just release one song and it's just, you know, that song is that snapshot in time and then off we go. And then that's yeah. the kind of little little morsel to keep you... Um, to keep you interested, yeah, and that um, is pretty much what's been what and we can what do they've done like that. Yeah, oh no, totally, amazing. totally. No, yeah. no, no, it's great, and, and and you know, there's a very big. I feel like there's a really big tall vibe in it, um, mm. especially in the drumming. You can sort of tell that Liam's been listening to a lot of tall at the moment, um, and uh, there's a bit of Russian circles vibe in it as well with the old yeah, rim clicks. Actually, yeah. yeah, lovely rim clicks, um, and. Uh, <laughs> Are you laughing at rim clicks? I don't know. I shouldn't be, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> rim clicks for those who don't know are when you uh, 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 drum on the side of the drum. Yeah. Mm, just to be clear, you know, let's not let's not it's not dirty. Let's not dirty it up. Um, and also, there's uh, there's a wonderful is it? I can't. I don't know if it's Dave or or Joe doing it, but there is a bit where it goes. Durr. And it makes me go, oh, every time. Yeah, I, I love a slide. <laughs> Great. Um, no, I think this is a brilliant song. I think uh, Will's um, h- hook is fantastic. Like the first time you hear it, you don't quite get it. But by the third time, it's like whoop, lodged in there. Yeah. It's excellent. I kind of wish it was on the last album. Mm. But, um, but, but hey, hey, it's here now. It's here now, yeah. It's fucking it brilliant. bloody good. Well, there so, you go. It's out. Go and have a little listen to it. It should be available for you on all streaming platform services as this podcast is yeah i'll be up there now be now on it yeah be now all right cool anyway uh let's do some reviews so let's start this week with opeth <laughs> i don't know why i got that <laughs> swedish isn't it uh opeth <laughs> i calder venium is that how you say that i'd be really surprised if that is how you say it uh it's latin calder venium that's such a great Latin accent there. Thank you. Well, they're <laughs> Swedish, aren't they? So well, I'm doing well, but, but no, but that's Latin. Oh, you 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 do you do the Latin accent? Do you? when you say carpe diem? That was my joke. There isn't a Latin accent. That's the joke. Well, there will be some sort of Latin 
where it's from, surely. This review's gone skew it very quickly, hasn't it? <laughs> when I think of Latin, I think of, like, <laughs> if you were going to... Okay, fine, I can't be bothered. No, 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 I'm this. interested. No, no, no. This is, this is the best we La- You know, it's going to be, like, ye olde... Old, like Brian I, Blessed. Yeah, well, in colder venom. Yeah, something That's like how it's that. pronounced, yeah. <laughs> yeah it like means that. a sting in the tail mm. for Latin fans. Thank you. Uh, that is people from Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> Our Latin fans. Um, anyway, this is the 13th album from the Deathy Turned Proggy Swedes. The fourth album in the Bye Bye Growling <laughs> quadrilogy, if you like. Um, I, I suspect it'll be more than a quadrilogy. Yeah, but at the moment it is, yeah. We should we should point out, though, I, mean, I don't know if this is going to come up or not, but anyone who, you know, I told a couple of people uh, that I had the new Opeth album, and immediately the first question you get asked is, is it back to the Death Growly sound? And I'm, I mean, He's not going back to I'm it. I'm getting fed up. Of people asking me he's that. I can't imagine how pissed off Akathel is oh, about he's it. He's not, I mean, and that's going to make him even less likely to do it. Yeah, exactly. And to be clear, like, we're now a decade in. We, we are we are a decade in, more or less, to Opeth. Yeah, Heritage well, came Her- out 2011. 2011. Oh, okay. It's this decade. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, yeah. This decade, Opeth have not released a single record with a single growl or scream on it, I guess, mm. if you want to put it in that way. So, well, yeah. this is what I was going to ask you, Renfrey. Hello. I think both of us have insinuated over the year plus of this podcast that we both really, really like Opeth a lot. Um, I would go as far as to say I fucking love Opeth a lot. Yeah, I, I would as well. I just, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to speak for you. I, had a <laughs> I, I, I adore Opeth. Opeth brilliant. at their best are comfortably one of the best bands of the millennium so far yep and they have written three or four i would say absolutely untouchable masterpieces yeah in the noughties yeah 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 um but those days like like they're 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 a different band now Mm -hmm. um i've spoken in various different podcasts over this decade um about how i feel about the new clean singing seventies prog influenced Opeth, um, I'm interested on how you feel about those albums because I'm not sure I know. I like them very much. I think if I was being super super honest with you, um, I go to see Opeth these days, and inevitably they start with the more seventies prog led material. I'm like, yay! And then they'll go into Ghost of Edition, and I go, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's definitely, I definitely do get more excited about hearing that older material. And I do think the reason for that is because um, th- something that has been an, ag- an ingredient that has been taken out um, of this newer version of Opeth is those heavier elements and the scrows and the growls and the screams. And it just gives it, again, it's that dynamics thing. Um, yeah, it, just, it just gives it more dynamics, blah, de, blah, de, blah. Um, but that said, I mean, I think anyone who discounts their latter day work is really um not paying attention um because i think um all three of those records pale communion sorceress and heritage which is by the way the order i would put them in as well um in in, 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 in terms uh as pale communion being my favorite of the three and sorceress i think heritage okay um 
I mean, if you if you look at individual moments on those records, I just wrote a few. Some of the songs that have been on those records, like all of these songs would get on a best off for Opeth for me. So like Eternal Rains Will Come, Will of the Wisp, Strange mm. Brew from the la- that last record, Cusp yeah, of Eternity, right. The Devil's Orchard. All, all of those songs would be on a best off for me easily. And I'd probably have a few more as well. Mm. Um, and I think the other thing to say is whilst it's a sort of retro sound if you will looking back at like can and 70s prog bands most of which probably neither of us have even heard of um it's not as if there's anyone really there certainly aren't very many people doing that these days that's a good point yeah I, I think um you could maybe argue stephen wilson but even stephen wilson feels a little bit out on his own yeah i don't um, think it's stephen wilson's doing that though do you know what i mean I, w- I wouldn't argue it very strongly but i think there's an argument for it but you know yeah yeah i agree the, 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 but but there isn't really any i don't know the massive prog heads may be able to name a few but there aren't many certainly yeah. um, i i think that when opeth brought heritage out i think a lot of people went oh that's interesting they're doing a kind of pure prog album and i just expected them to get out their system yeah and then that'd be the end of it now i remember thinking heritage was good for that you know an anomaly a an odd little curio yes yes, it came out the same year as um the path of totality by corn so i think you know (laughs) in a kind of very similar record yeah well in an alternate universe you know you might have gone cool because both bands you went really cool bloody hell listen to this but opeth have just carried on down that path um when pale communion came out i did go ah now there's maybe they're not going back Mm. like maybe they're not i'm not sure but maybe they're not going to go back and i thought as much as i I felt like i liked heritage because of the difference that it, it was to the other records so um that was kind of what made it stand out then when you had two of them i realized that i think Pell Communion is better than yeah. Heritage. Yeah. Um, and I did like Pell Communion. And then Sorceress came out and I thought, this is them actually getting better again at this type of thing. I mm-hmm. think Sorceress personally is. I would. I think they've got better at doing this as they go on. Fair enough. Um, Great record, Sorceress. Yeah, I streamed it, it on the good. Independent. Mm, it's really good. Uh, although I should say, for complete transparency, they're not records that I go back to very much at this point i think this is the thing um they are records that i admire and have moments of greatness on rather than adore or love and when i go to listen to opeth truthfully nine times out of ten i go for a still life or a ghost reveries or a black water park deliverance um but very quickly just whilst we're on this subject so let's just see what mr ackerfeld has to say about it because this is from the old press release um i don't expect us to conquer the world he says uh we're not going to be the next big thing now that we're 45 and into our 13th record so as time has moved on opeth is becoming more and more for us in a way that makes the music in the record more pure we're not trying to get to the next level of popularity we're trying to get to the next level of creativity i think that's fair enough I think that's absolutely fair enough. Uh, and all of that, I guess, brings us rather succinctly to I Caldervenium. <laughs> all right, Transylvania. Or something like that. Uh, Caldervenium. Renfrey, I'm going to let you kick this off. Um, it's Mammoth, this record. 
Let's just say that. For, for it is it, big. It, it comes with the Swedish language version yep. of the album, which yep. just to sort of deal with the Swedish language version of it, uh, it's quite enjoyable. I don't necessarily think it particularly adds anything or takes anything away from the record, really. It's the version Ackerfelt wants people to listen to um, mm. first. I think, I think um, it's probably better because mm. for, I don't know. I just think it sounds um more well as we get through the the the, the review it will probably become clear why i think that the okay. swedish language version is probably better but i have been listening to the english language version more because i want to know yeah. the lyrics and stuff. yeah as a non-swedish speaker there is um for me there is little difference and um i've I think I've heard the Swedish version once and, and for the, for the purposes of this, this review, I felt like I've wanted to know the meaning of the lyrics. So I've been listening to the English version. Mm. Um, but, uh, I think that's cool and totally fine. It's sort of, in a way, I think it's a little bit of a shame because, um, it, it, he has actually admitted, Michael Ackerfeld has admitted that he was a little bit afraid to, he wanted it to be the Swedish version and only the Swedish version, but they were a little bit afraid to do that. So they've kind of pinned the English one on as well. Well, that's just bloody totally undermined what he said about doing Opeth for himself. Weird that, isn't it? Yeah. That's a very astute point, which I totally missed. But there you go. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, well, there we go. It's all in the same press release. But um, yeah, he did say that he wanted to do it himself. I think... What do I think of this record? That's basically what you've asked me, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would, it it absolutely is another record that I think I have a, lo- a lot of respect for and a lot of time for. I don't think I ever will not have respect. I, I don't think I'll ever not have respect for Opeth because mm. they do things well beyond the ability of 99% of musicians. Um, and I don't think, and I'm partly talking technical ability, but it isn't just, technical stuff that it is the songwriting and the manner in which it's delivered this is a 10 track album it's about 67 minutes long i do Mm. go on about album lengths and stuff all the time and actually even though it's a pretty long record i would never say i'm bored during it um because there's a lot going on there's a lot of um different moods and atmospheres and styles um there's a lot of strings on this record it's very elegant Mm -hmm. and um the certainly the majority of the use of strings is really quite fantastic and very stirring oh, yeah. i actually think one of the things about this and again this will probably become more apparent as we go through mm-hmm. my thoughts on it but they are using strings in you know we we talk about the, the brass on the satanist a lot yeah and how behemoth on the album used brass in a very threatening way yeah i feel like opeth it's not as heavy obviously nope. because this is not as heavy but the strings, the strings in this are used in quite a, the orchestral parts are used in a very kind of threatening way. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I, and that's cool. That, they that is build. Really cool. They often, not always, but they often build a sense of menace. Yeah. And uh, no, like the strings are awesome on this record. They're really, really, really good. Um, and there are excellent, excellent moments on this album. I think um, stuff like. I'm going to turn over my lyrics. <laughs> lyrics? Uh, notes. Notes. Thank yeah. you. So the, the climax of Next of Kin, which builds with those amazing strings and these sort of choral vocals, these like, oh, which might just be Ackerfeld, um layered. I'm not sure, but it sounds really bombastic and it's very electrifying. And then there's that's contrasted with the 
piano introduction to Lovelorn Crime, which is... Ooh. I want to say, just because you've touched on it, Next of Kin, of these four records, Next of Kin is the best song that they've oh. released on these four records. I think Next of Kin is fucking insanely brilliant. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. I certainly think it's a fantastic song. Mm. Don't think I'd go as far as best on the four records. Uh, my favourite song on this album is Continuum. That is really good, yeah. So Continuum is uh, the second to last track and it comes in with this... I mean, the the moment which makes the hairs on my arms stand up every single time is that rip-roaring guitar solo that comes in. It comes in about three minutes into it. And um, Opeth very sparingly use guitar solos, but when they do, fuck me, are they good? Mm. You know, and it is like rip-roaring is the only adjective for it if mm. i see another adjective in reviews for that solo i'm gonna be furious he's coming around uh, with a baseball bat <laughs> i'm gonna lars all in that dictionary <laughs> <laughs> um but um yeah no I, I mean yeah i think next akin is wonderful um i think there's a lot of eastern influence in some of the melodies on this record particularly in some of the strings a song like universal truth has that i mean there's there's loads of stuff on this record that i really 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 like mm. loads of stuff on it that i really admire and loads of stuff on it that i think is very good um i've had it a little while now yeah we've both been like this is i've got to shout out the guys who sent this to us with yeah. lots of time to listen to it yeah thank so you so we've had I mean, I've, you know, with the Swedish version on top, you're looking at nearly two and a half hours of your life. Yeah. Like probably two hours, 20 minutes of your life yeah. to listen to the whole thing in one sitting. And that's exhausting. Even listening to the, yeah. even listening to the 10 tracks, you know, it's the opposite of what we were saying last week of Cult of Luna, which is nearly as long as Fear Inoculum, but just sucks you into this time warp. I actually feel like this record, there is so much going on. And it's so dense and it's very, very um, thick and mm -hmm. it's quite a lot to sort of process mm -hmm. and really wrap your head around and listen to it in one sitting. Um, not that I would necessarily change anything on it, but it does feel like listening to this through in one sitting is an exhausting task. Um, I don't i don't know if i'd go quite that far i don't find it as exhausting as say listening to a Meshuggah record um and a Meshuggah record may be you know half 15 that, yeah. well i was gonna say no, 15 length, 15 yeah, yeah. minutes shorter but Meshuggah is so sort of constantly like pounding at you i guess um and this is so much more varied i'm not i certainly agree that it's it's mammoth and there's a lot of things in it um, but it's varied enough to to keep my interest throughout the whole thing. I suppose what I'm getting at, though, the the sort of slight butt and the slight sting in the tail, because it means see, uh, is um, uh, I rarely love this album. Hmm. The whole time I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is really good. And I was, you know, I was about to say, we, you just said that we've had this album for a long time. And when I first heard it, I was like, okay, another Opeth album. It sounds good, but at the moment it hasn't got its claws on, in me, but that's fine because the majority of Opeth albums are going to take like 10 listens or something like that. Yeah. It's gonna I've listened to, I must've listened to it at least 10 times now. I don't know how many exactly, but you know, 
over six weeks or so, around 10 times, probably more. And I'm still waiting for it to sink its claws in. I hmm. Every time I put it on, I, in, I have a very enjoyable, nice 67 minutes. And it's very, you know, it is really good. Um, but it just hasn't quite... And to be honest, there's so much on this. And there's a lot going on. And there's, you know, there's so many kind of intricacies and details. And so it might take three months. It might take six. Yeah. It might well, take a I year. That's what I mean. The being exhausting is... I don't feel like the Cult of Luna record, which I've listened to a whole bunch of times since yeah. last week when I was like, I only had a week with it. And I absolutely more than stand by everything I yeah. said about it. Uh, it's not, you don't even really have to concentrate. It no. just goes, washes over you and you can sit there. I do feel like I need to concentrate on this album. And if, and, and, and that's my, my criticism, but sorry, I've cut you off, but well, I'm going to no. kind of come in slightly go on no, okay go on. we'll be both being very english today um i i think the reason for that is because the cult of luna album has that hypnotic quality to it and quite a repetitive quality to it actually yeah um although it's minimalism so it's kind of building on those ideas but whereas this um you know each of the songs most of the songs on this album are six seven eight minutes long and they go to lots of different places um not in the manner that albums we're going to talk about a little bit later do not the blink 182 album um but <laughs> well, that certainly goes to some places <laughs> but um but it does you know very few if any of these songs i think start and end in the same place no no not at all and neither neither do they do so on cult of luna either but i guess the cult of luna album is a more gradual That's build like shifting plate yeah 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 yep, this yep. is just like everything falls like everything happening it's like a fairground well this is this is what opeth do really yeah. well lots yeah, yeah. of parts put together and 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 interwoven well together you know and rather than verse chorus verse chorus you've got part a part b part c go back to part b mm. part efg you know yeah and akafel is excellent at that and kind of always has been even if you go back to orchid you know which if you compare it with their latter material now, it does seem quite amateurish, but actually for a first go, Orchid is fucking brilliant. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, he, he's just, he, that is where the genius in his songwriting comes in. I think the mm. putting, putting, stitching together all those different disparate parts into something which actually flows and works is enormously difficult. You know, most people cannot do it. So this is what I think. I wondered if I'd ever get one of the kind of prog Opeth albums that I would not just go, like you say, oh, I, I am um, I am impressed by this and I will listen to it until I kind of know it. But then when it comes to actually put an Opeth on, will you go I'll back go to, back to go for everything. <laughs> this is the first one ah. of the four that I will go back to. Ah. It's the best one Ooh. for me undoubtedly is the best one i think like really i do think it's exhausting especially for all those you know for all the reasons we just mentioned i do think it's hard to listen to in one sitting because not only do you get strings you not only do you get multi-layered vocals and like i say big choral parts you get ripping guitar solos you get crazy hammond organ stuff you get odd little time signature stuff you get big kind of swathes of Mm -hmm 
washes of guitar and you know you get kind of mad bass and guitar, drum rhythms playing off each other yeah. it's the, all the, the, the notes choices are often very weird as well yeah and very you kind of put you you expect them to go one way and then they go another and and that is that makes it more of a tiring list i, I think tiring exhaust tiring and exhausting feel like the wrong words but mm. but it, it's you need to put effort into this album i guess yeah, yeah. it's a cons- it, it, it's, it's not a passive list no 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 but opeth, cult of luna, opeth never have no that. no but but like you know again go back to cult of luna you can kind of passively listen to cult of luna and it will just still get enjoyable, infect you mm. whereas i think this you need to kind of follow it you need to mm. kind of dodge with it and that's cool you know they're, they're yeah, completely yeah. different bands you know you shouldn't be comparing them we're only comparing mm. them because they're similar in length and in depth and depth as well um what I think Opeth have sort of lacked, which is the first time on this record that I think they've addressed it, is the previous three. It wasn't just that they took away the growling vocals. It was that they lent on kind of Camel and Can and, uh, you know, that those kind of long forgotten and Yes and those kind of slightly long forgotten um, prog bands of the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And it felt to me like they kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit in, in terms of heaviness. Mm. This album... It's, it's still heavy. Mm-hmm. Yep. What I love about it is that, I mean, you mentioned the kind of the threat of the, the strings. I feel like even though it's not growling and it's not, you know, death metal guitars and double bass pedal, you know, like drum mm. blast beats, it's still heavy. Yep. It's still a dark record. It's still, you know, when you're walking through the streets at night with this record on, it still feels like a creepy, it's more, you know, it's creepier rather than, you know, death metal you think of gore, whereas this album is much more hammer horror creepy. But yeah. it gives it a kind of a more metal quality. It's just It just feels more like a metal album than the last three have. I mean, I don't disagree at the same time, I would say that I think I'm thinking back to Pale Communion, particularly. Pale Communion is the one that would be the kind of the the more comparable one, but I think mm. this has got a, this is of a higher caliber, mm. and I think it's also heavier than Pale Communion. I think Pale Communion was the darker of the three of those mm. records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I think this is even darker, I yeah. mean, especially with the like the samples of like a Swedish. You know, we don't know what they're saying. There's a kind of woman speaking to a Swedish child at the. It, th- it goes on throughout the album. We don't know what they're saying. Obviously, we don't speak Swedish, but it just feels kind of creepy. Yeah, it just feels a bit. You know, feels creepier not knowing. Yeah, what a bit Rosemary's saying. Baby, and a bit, mm. do you know what I mean? It yeah, gives yeah, it a definitely. bit of that to it. And I, I just you know, as I mentioned, I think there are points on this is not only are opeth have opeth found a way to kind of harness that prog thing that they want to do whilst i think actually keeping old school fans like myself who want Mm. something a bit grittier and a bit darker and a bit heavier to kind of to to sort of balance that in a in a very clever way i think they've done that and also they've written a few songs i mean you mentioned continuum which is you know as as i was getting continuum comes in as i was getting like a bit bored not bored but as i was getting a bit too exhausted a bit lethargic yeah and then yeah. continuum comes in and it's and it just yeah amazing you you've probably heard heart in hand which was uh 
the first song. That came oh out yeah, there, that's a great which song. Is again a great standalone song. That next of kin, Love Long Crime, or this particularly the start of Love Long Crime, mm. all in together is as good as Opeth have been this decade. I think definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, so I really, really was. I never listened to an Opeth album expecting it to be shit, and <laughs> I never listened to an Opeth album expecting me not to get something out of it. But I have to say, even Sorceress, which I was like, mm, this is not really the sort of thing I particularly want from Opeth comparatively when you've got an album like Ghost of Reverie sat on my shelf over there, which is just uh, an amazing yeah. record. Yeah. Um, but I did think Sorceress was the sort of album like, you know, I, I Sorceress stayed with me for a bit. Yeah. It hasn't really like sort of three years down the line, but at the time I was like, it's pretty good. I, pretty yeah, good. I, I go back to those records from time to time. And to be honest, when I go back to them, nine times out of ten, I'm like, oh, they're better than I remember them being. Mm. But then I still won't go back to them again. I, I, I find it sort of amazing that I sort of went, got to Heritage and then went, yeah, interesting. And then left it. And then I went back to it before Pell Communion came out. and went, oh, no, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. then Pell Communion came out. I was like, oh, actually, this is better. But then I sort of left it and it was like, oh, you know, if you listen to Opeth, on goes Blackwater Park, on goes Deliverance. And then, then I went back to Pell Communion and I was like, no, actually, this is pretty good, but still didn't really listen to it. And I've sort of done the same with Sorceress. And I think, like now, if you would, if if this album wasn't out, mm. and I was like, hmm, maybe I should listen back to some proggy Opeth, Sorceress would be the one that I would go to until yeah. now. Okay, interesting. But this, they've uh, so I think it's been baby steps. It sounds like that sounds like a really kind of trite thing to say about Opeth's baby steps because they're they're incredible mm. musicians. So, but I think the the quality is the quality and the grasp of how you do this stuff and still be Opeth has continually improved album upon album to the point where for me, I'd I'd got to the point where I was like Opeth are a band whose early material I like and who I currently respect and do I like them and consider myself an Opeth fan? Yes, but more so towards the latter mm. day. I'm now, like, if they tour, I want to go. Great. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, I certainly want to see them. They're playing the Palladium um, later this year. Yeah. Uh, which is a beautiful venue. And uh, I'd, I would love to see them. I mean, I, I I love Opeth enough to always want to see them live anyway. Yeah. Um, and um, they're brilliant at, like, doing different sets um, each tour and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm really reluctant to, to continue along the lines of... of um, this is a great album, but it hasn't quite sunk its claws into me yet because because I am completely and utterly aware that in give me another six weeks and it may well have done by that mm. point. And maybe it's just a mood that I'm in at the moment. Maybe it's because there have been a there's it's coming out at a time where there's a lot of albums right now. Um, and in some cases, a lot of very complex, quite mm. long, difficult albums and um you know not complaining or anything like that but when you, when you have loads of them to listen to really you need to dedicate even more time than that to them and all that sort of well, thing. you think i mean we we've like just a little peek behind the curtain we had tall and then cult of luna and this and there's alcest and there's car bomb like there's a lot of yeah very very and that's just the kind of more high profile ones as well yeah you know, exactly. there's a lot of difficult, um, challenging music that seems to be coming out at the moment. Yeah. So uh, I'm reluctant to kind of be like, uh, because because if if you if you said gun to my head now and said rate those the the, the quote unquote prog 
Opeth albums now, this would be um, second to last. But I don't actually think that is accurate because I think I need even more time with it. Yeah. Um, because I think these are what we were saying about like you only return to them from time to time. I think the different, you know, we're about to talk about something completely different. Um, but there are records which may hit you instantly or may not, mm. um, which you treasure and love and listen to sort of for every day for four or five, six weeks. And then you put it away and you may never, ever listen to it again. It feels like Opeth are doing writing records, which you may only get them out once a year or once every two years, but you will probably do that for the rest of your life. And I really admire that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true actually. Um, I really like this. I, 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 I you know, I highly um, rate it. And if you're the sort of person, if you're like me, and you love Opeth, or you loved Opeth, and you've just sort of gone, I'm not really sure that I'm as in love with them. Because I think that's the thing. If they'd have come out and brought out Heritage, and they were just a band that no one had heard of before, you'd go, wow, who are this band who are yeah. doing this cool, like, oh, 70s yeah. prog rock Definitely. Thing? Fucking Definitely. great. Yeah. You know, um, but it's just because the standard's so high. For me, they've. this is an album which is, that sits at the table with, not the best Opeth albums. Mm. Not you know. This is not as good as as um, Blackwater Park. No. This is not as good as Ghost Reveries. Let's be really really clear about that. But it's. I think it's. It can sit at the table with the best Opeth albums. Yeah, fair. I mean, Opeth honestly have never released an album I've not liked at all. Yeah, me too. That's, that is fair. Yeah. And thirteen albums in. That's that's pretty astonishing. I mean, mm. my least favorite Opeth album is probably Orchid. And and Orchid has some great stuff on it, you know. Um, so I mean, this is this is the thing you you have to put everything within context of like. I almost feel like I'm harsher on this than maybe I should yeah, be because, because I love the band right, because so it was much. so good. I mean, even you know, people rarely talk about Watershed. Oh yeah, Watershed's and it's like brilliant. Yeah. Are you mental? That yeah, album yeah, is yeah, fucking yeah. insanely brilliant. I think Watershed would be a lot of other albums like. Uh, sorry a lot of other bands yeah ultimate record you know so so this is this is the parameters that we're speaking within Mm. um but yeah i'm not as there with it as you are but i'm look but i think it probably is inevitable and i can't wait to be so i i've i mean like we've we've had i I think having this for as long as we've had it and i've listened to it a lot i mean i've definitely you say you listen to 10 times i think i've at least 20 oh cool i've listened to i've listened to a lot i've listened to it like <laughs> you know, and that's that and the Swedish one as well. Um, although I do just listen to the the English language one at most. But like I say, I think the Swedish language one is more beguiling. It's more yeah. like, oh, what's it? And it does sound there's something about Ackerfeld in his mother tongue, which exactly, yeah. which does actually sound again heavier and more threatening and more just you know intriguing mm-hmm. and captivating. Definitely. So yeah, good. Opeth, uh, the album's called In Caldervenium, probably. Who knows? Might be. Um, but it is out next week. It is out next week, yes. So you still have to wait another week before you can hear it. Uh, it is worth the wait from where I'm sitting. I, I would agree, to be clear. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I don't think anyone would be unclear yeah, that yeah, you yeah. think Opeth are really good. Let's move on to a band that, hey, everyone can agree on. Um, Blink-182. The album is called Nine. This is the eighth album from the Californian <laughs> p- 
punks um, following on from California in 2016. Isn't it the ninth album? Uh, I believe it is the eighth album, and I only know that because that's what it says on its Wikipedia page. So Really? That's what it says. I thought it was called Nine because it was the ninth album. You'd think that would be why, right? I mean, this is very boring. I mean, they don't seem like... Maybe they think that's funny. Seems like the sort of thing Blink-Wait 2 go, ha, we've made eight albums. Let's call this one Nine. <laughs> Brilliant. And then we were on American Pie. Fucking um, hell, it is their eighth album. Yeah. Um, if that is a joke... It's not a great one, is it? What a lame joke. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the last time you'll hear the word lame uh, on this review, methinks. So, Blink-182. Um, this follows on from the album California, which came out in 2016. That was their first album to feature Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio. Now, I... Really, really love Alkaline Trio. I say I really love Alkaline Trio. I love a big, big chunk of Alkaline Trio's music. Mm. There are six, seven Alkaline Trio albums that I love. Probably beyond <laughs> the realms of what most people love of Alkaline Trio. So when Matt Skiba joined Blink-182, I had a weird thing. Because I was like, now either Matt Skiba is going to totally redevelop and redefine what blink 182 are and he's going to Matt ski with the shit out of everything and he's going to discover that you know good morning from here to infirmary um crimson era alkaline trio pomp that he was in but put it onto a grand massive scale and wow won't that be great and then suddenly blink 182 will be this great band but i also thought or matt ski was just going to come in and kind of be an apologetic replacement for tom DeLong, while all the fans who don't of blink 22 or the millions and millions of fans that have never heard of alkaline trio go who is this person Wah, and poor matt skiba will become a a pale shadow of the great man that he used to be and obviously that's what happened um <laughs> hmm. uh i i mean i certainly think more the latter than the former but i wouldn't entirely agree with uh, hmm. all of the latter i think just because you know, there are a few exceptions. I have said on this podcast in the past that I think that Enemy of the State is an almost perfect pop punk album. There might be some nostalgia involved in that. Quite there's, a lot. There's quite a lot of nostalgia quite involved. Um, but like, well, what's your favourite food? Food? Ooh, Farley's Rusk. <laughs> I remember when I was two and I used to eat a Farley's Rusk. It's the nicest thing ever. And then you eat one and you go, oh, God. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I reckon I listen to Enemy of the State at least once a year. So. How many Farley's Rusk do you eat? Oh, Rome for nailing the baby food. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, carrot and pumpkin seeds, mush, yummy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, oh, I forgot my point again. <laughs> you like Blink One Eighty Two? No, no, no. Um, uh, Tom DeLonge, I've always found a massive irritant. Um, I think the easy, uh, less so on Animal of the State, but I think the easiest thing i can point to is uh his vocal delivery on i miss you um which don't i don't waste your time on me i'm more worried very yeah. good very Sounds good like impression yeah yeah it's it's you know it's it's it, i'm certainly not the first person to say it and i won't be the last but fucking no hell, i'm it's... gonna say it straight after you probably. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking hell it's irritating yeah and so just taking Tom DeLonge out of the equation for me has made kind of made me 
a more a, a reignited something in me for Blink One Eight Two. I, I wouldn't go as far as to use a word like passion, but it reignited some interest in mm. Blink for me because they got rid of the element which frustrated me the most. Yeah, and okay. Matt Skiba um, doesn't frustrate me in the slightest. Um, I I have generally one or two minor things but we'll go into that what's funny about tom delonghi though is although he is a cloying and awful presence on blink 182 albums i think everyone can agree with that he's rubbish yeah boxcar race is good yeah i know he's it's weird isn't it boxcar race is like race is good. great i mean his yeah. voice is not that great on boxcar racer but because everything else is great around him, yeah yeah you go oh this is actually quite good yeah. and there's no getting away from it travis barker is a bloody, bloody good drummer as well. Well, Travis Wasted Barker... in this band. Well, well, but, okay. You know. Travis Barker... I mean, I was thinking about this earlier today and I thought, I wonder if Travis Barker is the musician who I love the most in a band that I like the least, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I will say, when Travis is given a chance to just go for it, on this record and it tends to be the shorter songs there's one called ransom and then there's another one oh it's 49 seconds generation long. Divide. that's that's it generational divide when he's given an opportunity to go full-on travis barker um personally and i don't imagine you will get this but i i feel 14 again and i fucking love it it's very very fleeting annoyingly mm. um but like those two songs are i think are fucking killer i'm gonna say right now i really really like them it is 70 percent to do with travis barker's performance on them as to why i like them but i i do really like them and when you you know you you sort of said i understand what you're saying in terms of like cloyingly saying the punk word but on those songs they do sound like a punk band yeah okay um they they sound like they're playing i'm not fast music I'm sure they sound like a punk band. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know how we're going to do this review, Renfrey. Do you want me to shit I, all over it and then you come in and be more reasonable? I actually, I actually thought that it would probably be wiser for me to come in and be reasonable. <laughs> um, uh, and then you can do your shitting over it okay. thing. Go on. Because I... I'm I'm going to say this right now. I, I well, we need to both be super clear. If people who have tuned in for this review, I do apologise, um, but neither of us are massive Blink One Eight Two fans, and really, we are only doing this because uh, our, our our fans, Space Jam Man, hello Space Jam Man, put us up to it. Uh, our first anniversary show. It's a big. I mean, it's a big album, and I guess. There's going to be a policy change, I think, after this is what all I'm saying. But like, at the time, I thought, well, no, no, these are the sort of albums that we should be, we have to cover and blah, 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 blah. Maybe we should be looking at, a, you know, a policy change. The question that we need Shareholders, to... Shareholders, you will get a vote in this. <laughs> the question that we need to ask ourselves, and maybe we should ask you guys, is do people care about our opinion on these records when at the end of the day we're not fans or not? We'll find out. Mm. Um, but what I will say about this, I'm, I'm going to say this off the bat. I like this album more than I thought I would. Okay. Um, there is a, the most noticeable difference with this album and other Blink albums, I think, is there's a sort of day glow electric pop sheen on it. It's sprinkled on it. It's not a massive thing part of it, but it's enough to give the album a um, 
theme for want of a better word maybe a through line is better um and california for example not an album that particularly stick with me and i just thought it was meh but um california felt like you know just 14 15 however many songs sort of you know put together um compiled together with no through line but at least this album has some sense of a through line i feel direction yeah direction it's 41 minutes long. Clown bus driving off a cliff would be the direction. <laughs> I haven't done my... <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I haven't finished. Uh, <laughs> you're allowed to speak. That's a bit harsh. Um, you know, and I thought I thought that was good. It's not always to my taste. Um, sometimes it's a bit too clean cut for me. Some of the electro pop stuff. I also think there are um, pop production elements of this album, which do really pissed john, me off john feldman right i mean i i don't even know but I'm, it probably is it sounds like him he's all over he's fucking all over it isn't he yeah. so um it is john the, feldman yeah. yeah of course it is so um the, the whole chorus of blame it on on my youth it just sounds so annoying and then and there's this uh, uh, what's the best way to put it there's this um it's, it's like the blame it on my youth and then a bit yeah. comes in it's like blame it on my youth yeah, you yeah. know and all that it's like well, yeah, well you're the fucking offspring now um there's like these triggers fuck me don't they wish they were the fucking offspring <laughs> um there's these um triggered drum bits in black rain which really fuck me. it's it's not to my taste it's not my thing um and i think the reason why i think it's not my thing is because i think bands and producers mr feldman mm. aren't thinking about the the album in they're only thinking about modern pop production techniques and how to use them and as a result that dates the record to now yep um and some people might be like you're talking about blink 182 album does it fucking matter and my point is, is yes it does matter because blink 182 will do this kind of thing without thinking about it because they're not um they either won't or they're not capable of thinking larger scale and thinking actually that sound is going to date really really badly in like four or five years time so maybe we shouldn't do it um because they're just thinking about the now i would have thought anyway having said all of that this is when i'm going to be nice now Well, can I just say, I actually just found one of the, re- one of the nice reviews. Yet. No, I found a review and I, I can't not sing, say it out loud now. All Punked Up website called said, Nine is emotional, dark and important to today's world. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go Do that far. Do you agree with that, Renfrew? I'm not going to go that far. Is it important to today's world? I certainly don't think it's important. Um, but I will say this. There are some pretty good bangers on this album. <laughs> in a ter- in terms of uh, in terms of songs which are going to satisfy blink 18 blink 182 is technically how it's uh, pronounced in terms of songs that are going to satisfy their fan base and actually songs which i listened to i was like that's a pretty good pop song we- that's a pretty good pop song with crunchy meaty guitars slagging off back foot by dinosaur pile up <laughs> trying to tell me there is something on this i thought dinosaur pile up would come up in this review and that mm. is going to be controversial because ugh, i'm not going to say that i prefer this album to the design design saw pile up album because i've not listened to the design saw pile up album in a few months oh you look like you're gonna punch me um and um 
you know, I'd have to sort of A, B them in order to do that. I could do that for next week if you fancy punching me. Um, but what I will say is there were more things on the Dinosaur Pileup album that annoyed me than on this record, which, which was hell. as big a surprise for me as it was for you. And I imagine people listening or watching at home. Um, yeah, I was, I was really genuinely shocked about that myself, to be honest. But, but there were more, more things that irritated me on Celebrity Mansions than on this album doesn't mean it's a better this is a better album i'm not saying that i'm just mm. saying that surprised me um i'd also say so i've written down i basically wrote down the songs which i thought were actually you know really good pop songs with some crunchy guitars which you don't get too much of done well these days i guess excerpts i'll put a dinosaur pile up in there mm-hmm. but you know bands like that but you know I really enjoyed Heaven, Dark Side, Runaway, I Really Wish I Hated You, Hung Over You. Hung Over You is fucking brilliant. Um, and um, and yeah, and those previous two songs I've already mentioned with Travis on Generation Divide and Ransom. And I realised as I was writing these down, I was like, I've written down about half the album. And and I just, I'm just like, I, I, I don't hate this album, Steve. I know you probably do, and we'll hear about that in just a moment. But I, I, I think... In the Blink-182 oeuvre and canon, I think this is a pretty decent Blink-182 album. I think it's all right. Right. I, I Will I return to it all that much? Probably not. Because it, it's not my thing. But then, but then for considering it's a record which clearly just hasn't been written for me, and, and thinking about Blink-182's fan base, and like, I'm, like if you're a Blink-182 fan... I'd recommend this record. I think it's good. I think it's in the top half of their albums back catalogue rather than the bottom half. <laughs> you wouldn't know. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I, well, I, I have, I have listened to every Blink album bar neighbor, neighborhoods, neighbors, neighbors, neighborhood, and uh, I think this is in the 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 top echelon four, isn't it? Is it? It would be. This well, is the top four best Blink-182 albums. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you if that's what you think. And I couldn't really yeah, I make think so. any kind of compelling argument either way, to be honest. I prefer it to California because it has more of a through line to it. The self-titled Blink album mm. has great moments on it, but never has a very good kind of... Again, it never has a very good sense of direction. It's all over the place, that record, to be honest. There are great moments on it, and there are moments which you're just like, why, what are you doing? Mm. Um, Take take a few... Yeah, yeah, fuck it, yeah. I'd be in the top four. I don't know where it would be. I've not thought about it extensively, but... So there you go. One of the four best Blink-182 albums (laughs) of eight... Which, I think the nicest is going to stop now, yeah. Goes to show just how shit a band <laughs> Blink-182 are. A shit band. And yeah, you're right, Renfrey. Don't be surprised that I think a shit band have released a shit album. <laughs> um, I do think Travis Barker is a good drummer. I do think Matt Skiba is a great lyricist and a great musician in his own band when he's given carte blanche to be matt skiba do you not like skiba at all on this record well here's the thing right occasionally just occasionally a moment that cuts through everything that makes me go there's matt skiba right 
And like the turn of phrase he uses on the pre-chorus to pin the grenade mm. is the bit where I was like, oh my God. I should have put that in there, actually. Oh my God, yeah. that's Matt Skiba. That's yeah. really great vocally, like mm. really imaginative. No one else could have done that and it couldn't be anyone else. No one else would have thought of that. That's Matt Skiba. But the rest of the song is soppy, yeah. obvious, auto-tuned bollocks. And just this little bit in it that just gets drowned and so much of what is good is... about Matt Skiba gets drowned out by this horrible horrible production job the production on this is astonishingly bad it's certainly not to my taste at all mm. um in fact i was going to make a point about um Right at the beginning of the record, there's a sound of a guitar being plugged in. Mm. And whether we're kind of aware of it not or not, that sound is usually a subconscious way of going, we raw. are going back to our roots. We are going to, this is going to be a raw, intense, in mm. the room kind of vibe feel to a record. Um, and and I think I think whether you are aware that you, you think that when you hear the sound of a guitar being plugged in on i remember uh magazines going absolutely crazy because hail to the thief the radiohead record from 2003 um starts with the sound of a guitar being plugged in they're like yeah it's going to be more raw and old school again bloody bloody blah so that's which what, comparatively it was uh which comparatively it was mm. so that's what that connotes to us when that happens mm. um what's weird with this is the guitar plugs in you kind of think, oh, it's going to be really plugging raw. Plugging in a candy floss and, and, machine and, and, yeah, than a and, and then the production comes in and just ruins it seconds later. And again, mm. people might go, mate, it's a Blink-182 album. Why are you, you analysing it in that means? But I think it is important to analyse it. But Blink-182, even as the fucking super polished turd, the corporate sellout, you know, late 90s whipping boys of the... the the kind of the punk rock scene i mean i've said this a whole bunch of times before i saw blink 182's first ever show in the united kingdom um when they played midway through the day at reading festival on the first ever vans warp tour stage um and it was a third full when was this 97 97 yeah alongside incubus a sick of it all pennywise down by law Royal Crown Review, um, a bunch of other bands that I can't remember off the top of my head. But there was, you know, I think they went on just before Down By Law. And I was there waiting for Down By Law. And I walked in, I was like, I don't know who this band are. But there was, you know, in a tent which probably fit 2,000 people, there was maybe 600 people. Most of them were milling around. No one really knew who they were. And, you know, they were a young band. Like, I'm not being like, mm. ah, no one knew who they were, so they, they couldn't have been good. But, D- but they, did, they, they didn't have loads of great material at that no, point. No, no. And, I mean, I think well, Damn It was out at that point. Damn It was I, a massive I, I, hit. I was about to say, the only thing that... So, at that point, they'd released... Two albums? Buddha, Cheshire Cat. You know what? And... Yeah, 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 yeah. Buddha, Cheshire Cat and uh, uh, Dude Ranch. Yeah. Um, and the only one of those albums which has anything good on it is Dude Ranch, I would say. Mm. Uh, and yeah damn it's fucking great but um so they did have that and that was a big hit in america at the time but i yeah. do remember a lot of people kind of milling around and being like we are not falling for this we are right. absolutely not and i was definitely i looked at it and i was like this is some cynical shit this that was... is really fucking cynical and i've always you know and i've, I've that has always been my my sort of my my stance with blink 182 there was a i think i think just to contextualize that a tiny bit though there was a there was because the pop punk party had sort of exploded three years earlier, 
there was it, people were beginning to look for ways to tear it down maybe maybe correctly so maybe not but but i think that should be said just for well goldfinger around that time goldfinger got a lot of that shit as well yeah but i just thought goldfinger's album came out and it was you know just great it was just undeniably brilliant and it felt really snotty and punky and great and it it wasn't trying too hard to be wacky i just remember simply and he was like oh i picked my nose and i flicked it mark and the mark yeah i just thought i'll piss off you tossers and um but anyway, that's a long, long time ago. But it's that that's always stuck with me. And so when Blink got massive, I was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm not having this. And <laughs> I was a bit sad that they got that they've got as big as they've got, to be honest, because I do think they are genuinely, <laughs> you know, particularly with Tom DeLong in the band, genuinely a rubbish band. They are rubbish. Um, they're rubbish songwriters, they're rubbish with the except that Travis Barker's a great drummer, the other two are rubbish. And think they're very good at writing pop melodies well they may well be very good at writing pop melodies but not very good at anything else and they're not even that good at that because tom delonghi has his like voice like he's got peanut butter on top of his mouth and i thought once he went maybe that changed my opinion i've actually worked out since that i actually think i find maybe find mark hoppus even more annoying than tom delong you've said this to me off mic and i i do find this baffling i have to say i well i don't quite know what it is because it was on california i thought right Tom DeLonge's not in the band now. They've got the good drummer. They've got a much better front man and, and, uh, to replace him. And they've got the other guy who's a bit annoying, but whatever. And then California came along. And actually, I was like, I still hate it. I still fucking hate it. And I think I hate Mark Hoppus. Mm. I hate Mark Hoppus. And listen to this album. I really hate Mark Hoppus. I do. I hate him. I think he is as... He's so annoying. Just get stop singing. You've got a crap voice. Uh, he is he brings the tone down. like every time Matt Skiba does something bloody Mark Hoppers comes in after him and sort of goes duh, 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 over the top of it and I'm like oh god you are just such a prick mate you are such a prick and he's now the main one Mark Hoppers he's obviously the main yeah. one and I mean some of the songs you mentioned as being quite good what was the one you mentioned um, blame it on my youth. I, oh no, I hate blame it on my oh, youth. It's awful. It is ap- that is awful. That song, absolutely awful. Um, um, that, that was one that I mentioned for the, the production of it. Particularly right? Yeah. Okay. It. I thought you, you liked it for me. Oh, I was about to go. Ah. Um, it just and you know the production is terrible. I, I I feel like Matt Skiba feels like you know someone meeting his girlfriend's parents for the first time like on his best behavior you know when you're like oh hello it's really nice to meet you like he feels like half the matt skiba that you want to be getting i think that's actually a very astute good point you never get full skiba ever um on either this record or california Mm. and maybe that's a big shame Mm. um just to just to interject because it sounds like you're about to move on i i actually really like mark hoppus i like his voice I like 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 Tom DeLonge can get in the fucking bin bin as far as I'm concerned. I do not understand anyone why anyone would like his voice. It's incredibly irritating. But Mark Hoppus, I think, does this kind of thing very well, in my opinion. It's not <laughs> every song. And then they went to the mall. That's a, that's still a, going to the that's mall. A great melody, though. <laughs> every song. <laughs> 
Every song. That's still He's like, crap. I still He's like it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, I mean, I'm, look, I'm not going to sit here and go, hmm, Mark Hoppus versus Maynard James Keenan or anything he like that. Is, but, you know, I like. I, I, I mean, and like you say, oh, you know, if you're a Blink-182 fan, you'll probably like this. Here's my message to you. If you're a Blink-182 fan, stop being a Blink-182 fan. <laughs> like, you you don't have to like this rubbish band. They are rubbish. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine. I think I think this album's fine. It's fine. It's all right. That's almost more insulting. Yeah, it's fine. It's more insulting than me. <laughs> well, it, like, well, it no, might, it it's might not. be. It's terrible. It might be. There's, you know, I, I am not. I wouldn't. But hey, look, like I say, I've never liked this band. I don't like this band. It would take something pretty spectacular for me to really ever say anything nice about them. But yeah. then I don't know. Maybe they could try not go in every single song. Uh, it, it just the the popularity of Blink One Eighty Two is one of the most baffling things that has ever happened. This is like how what, I'm. This is like who built the pyramids for me? Do you know what I mean? Like how how did it happen? But is it baffling because there's a lot of people who like you know we we don't tend to like pop punk. Um, yeah, but at that point there were loads of quite good examples of it yeah. and i remember seeing blink Two even on the main stage at reading and i was like they look, look even look they've met before they're I, so bad like travis barker's like drumming along and these two are like ah oh, hello yeah i got was my this willy the out 1997 <laughs> gig because um, travis wasn't in the band at that point no no the 2000 when they played yeah. with slipknot and rage and that great oh day, yeah 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 rage, 2001 the yeah, yeah. daphne and celeste day they went on just after they went on just before daphne and celeste just after Daphne and Celeste, and people who had been going, like, fuck you to Daphne and Celeste, they were then like waving their arms around to Blink-182, and I was like, they're worse! They're <laughs> worse! <laughs> Daphne and Celeste are better than this band! I definitely don't agree with that. Um, <laughs> I don't agree that Daphne and Celeste are better than Blink-182. Um, just because they've got penises. I, that's the only <laughs> reason. I do appreciate there's some irony to that in a sense yeah because obviously Daphne and you're picking like let's pick on two young girls who are just sort of cartoon character pop stars and then let's throw bottles of piss at them but and even, then let's dance around to a band who are three cartoon character Californian dickheads with with songs that are just as fucking mundane and just as like piss poor like pop crap i don't know if tom DeLonge or mark hoppus has ever written a line as horrendous i mean to be fair daphne and celeste didn't write this line either but as bad as "Ooh, stick you your mama to and your daddy i'm i i don't know enough about that i want to fuck a dog in the ass ass. that's worse there you go the defense rests (laughs) blink ready to shitter than daphne and celeste and if you were there at reading i got I got into proper arguments with people that day, just wandering around going, "This is this is worse than Daphne and Celeste," and you're like going, "Yeah, rock music's really big. it's great, isn't it? Right? Yeah, we've brought rock back to no, no, you haven't. This band are pathetic. They're terrible. I, I, I it will always be a mystery to me why Blink One Eighty Two are big, and this just sounds like sort of a crap McFly knockoff in two thousand nineteen. That's what it sounds like. The guitars are, are come on. The, the guitars, guitars are heavier. I I refuse <laughs> to say that the guitars are heavy, but their guitars are not as. Um, they are. 
not not as they much are. as McFly. You brought up not only um, even if we discount Dinosaur Pileup, which we shouldn't do because the Dinosaur Pileup album that does sound like a band playing live in a room, yep. right? Yep. You I also said the excerpts. Mm-hmm. Comparing this to the excerpts is very, very, very unfair on the excerpts. I prefer the excerpts by a long, long, long way, but but um, I think it that I think they both write guitar pop music. Yes, hence, but. But this is a fucking cash grab, overproduced, too many cooks. Like, you just look at the amount of writers I, on the whole thing. I, You've got these the two guys who worked with bloody, um, oh, what they, I can't remember what they're called now, that, that duo from who work for Universal Music, who write all the big pop songs. They're on here. You've got Feldman on here. You've got obviously yeah. the rest of the band on here. You've got the collaborations they've done. Like Pharrell Williams collaborate with them at, at oh, some that- point. They've got... Those loads of people collaborated on it, and the, re- the result is a mush of like sad old men <laughs> doing trying to do young person's pop music, but with a slight bit of distortion. And that is not true of the excerpts, and that is not true of Dinosaur Pile Up, and that is no. not true of the majority of power pop rock bands who are still keeping the the grand tradition of be it Green Day or Cheap Trick or whatever you want to fucking add. Like, th- this to me has nothing to do with any of that. Not only is... It, and, and even Blink-182's early material, even though I don't like it, I would go, okay, yeah, you know, rock show, all the small things, whatever. Like, those are well-made songs and they do sound like, you know, very, very mainstream, very slick rock mm-hmm. bands. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're rock bands. and It's a rock band song nonetheless. This is uh, do you know what i mean like go and fucking tour with busted you can do that I, now i i really i really i certainly do not like the production choices on this record and and it gives it a sheen to it that i am not into at all i think the guitars the guitars are heavy enough for me for what they are doing here um but but there are lots of production choices on it that i don't like at all I'm going to pick up on one thing you said. This album isn't a cash grab because no album in 2019 is a cash grab. It is. Well, okay. But it is made to tap into the modern pop market. Sure. But yeah, okay. You say no album is a cash grab. I mean, I'm not sure that's true. Like they were going to be headlining Firefest. They still want to be massive. They want people to... To listen to and download this album, they want people. They want, but they could, they could do, all, they could it. do all those things without releasing an album. Yeah, they could do, but they haven't, have they? Like they are still making an album, and they've made an album which sounds like. Oh, no, sure, but bum, I... you know, go bum lick little Wayne. Like fucking <laughs> my my nobbing. point is only like you can't call it a cash grab in this day and age because because that I, okay then I'll call it incredibly the... cynical. Yeah, fine, that's fair enough. All right. Anyway, Blink One Eighty Two Nine is out now. Rubbish. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I've just worked this out. It is. It is actually their ninth album because, um, for some reason, uh, Buddha is not listed on the Wikipedia discography. Oh, so it is. So, so it wasn't a joke. Album. So it wasn't a shit joke. Yeah. Uh, although, Does that make it better it is, for you? Although it is a shit joke. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about something much better. Uh, Tides from Nebula from Voodoo to Zen. This is a fifth album from the Warsaw based or Warsaw formed band um the first album in five years since 2014's live sessions album Renfrey you bought this record in I know very little or I did know very little about Tides of Nebula until you brought this record in 
Um, I feel like I know a lot more about them now, but uh, you'd probably be in a better position to talk about them and introduce them to people than I would. Instrumental. Uh, post-rock, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, Polish oh, it's is... nice to be back on familiar territory. <laughs> um, uh, Polish, as you mentioned, um, they used to be a quartet. This is their first album as a trio, to be honest. Um, based on the album alone so far, you would not be able to tell that they've lost a member at all. I think it still sounds very, very big and cinematic and massive. Ties from Nebula were one of those bands for me for a long time who were just another name, uh, another post-rock band who were like, yeah, fine, they're cool. But I wasn't like mega bothered about them until their last record, Safe Haven, came along. I can't remember when it was released, but Safe Haven came out and I gave it a cursory listen because obviously this is a genre that I'm into. And was really pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So um, so I thought it would be worth bringing this in to see if they've uh, continued being ace or not. Mm. Um, from Voodoo to Zen, I would say, I don't know if there is a concept behind it. Um, I have said in the past that when instrumental bands do concepts, I do find it a little bit silly because how do you follow the concept how do you follow the concept with no lyrics however having said that um if it has a loose theme around it and i would say this album does have a loose theme it feels like feels like the soundtrack to a sci-fi film exactly what i've written here we go so so you know and we've not talked about that so that's of that obviously comes through very very well and i think it does so in this they use it would be wrong to say that Ties from Nebula are a synth-led band, but they certainly use a shit ton of synths. I think that's fair. Yes, I, um, I, I mean, I, I wasn't quite sure what we were going to get in this, but this is a mixture of kind of electronica, sci-fi, and post-rock, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, I, I'm particularly, uh, particularly wanted to bring it in because the electronic elements, particularly, um, remind me. You know, they they're not taking it off entirely but they remind me a little bit of a lot of the electric 80s pop that you bring to me and i was wondering your thoughts on that in particular but also the record as a whole well i think they the 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 kind of the the touches of electronica um it's not as complex as three trap tigers no um definitely not but i think tonally um there is a comparison to be made there a bit a bit a bit a bit only because you know they're not traditional song structures in 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 the same way as when you say like you know uh electronic 80s pop bands i think people will get an idea in their head of you know of yes what those bands are so it's Uh, certainly not verse chorus verse but yeah uh, definitely but uh maybe more in um maybe more in tone i mean yeah um, i mean you know you mentioned sci-fi i'd say john carpenter vangelis mm-hmm. you know the blade yeah. runner soundtrack yeah and there is a blade bit, runner comes up constantly, there's a, the it? opening to dopamine yes sounds like perturbator ah and it, i was like uh, there's two things over the last year that i've really really grown from a kind of newer perspective of a newer part of music that i've really really grown to really like and that is kind of interesting instrumental bands using not just drums bass and guitar mm-hmm. uh and that whole new wave of sort of 
you know what they call it synth synth wave dark 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 wave synth, dark wave yeah yeah the the perturbators the carpenter brutes the ghosts um those kind of artists who i i really really like as well and this is almost like an amalgam of those two things yes. put together and due to that I think this is fucking great. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I, I, I feared, as I almost always do every time we bring in an instrumental uh, album, that you'd just be like, meh, about it. But actually, I have to say, that is not really happening as much anymore, is it? That no. feels like an early Riot Act thing. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I think, well, I think, I think the, the reason for that is, is because the bands that we started covering when we were doing more kind of instrumental music and there have been a couple now and again that you brought in that have been you know like instrumental that i've been like yeah not about it, it, it tend to be the ones that borrow far more heavily on from like mogwai or mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um or even the kind of I mean, you spoke about fugazi earlier and you mm-hmm. like brendan one from repeater and all those those kind of instrumental parts that those those guys did they're kind of post rock yeah um or the post hardcore instrumental parts and that to me is something that is a a a style and a source that has been mined quite heavily over the last annoyingly sort of 10 years as much as i love it i can't really argue with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think possibly why i've just gone yeah to like a lot of that yeah. stuff is because i go yeah you know i've got young team yeah um so this is fine but will i go back to it whereas three trap tigers um teeth of the sea this mm. um mm. they are all doing something which is 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 ostensibly post-rock in in name alone yeah yeah and is absolutely. bringing in many more other outside influences which i think is really cool and this particularly i mean this is definitely the you know i love that i i raved about the t for the c album mm-hmm. earlier in the year and i do mm-hmm. think that is an amazing amazing record but um it's not easy to like get into that that no. is a nuts record yeah and this is you know is technical and is odd and uh you know it's got a few weird parts in it but also what it has got is like you said the 80s pop thing is actually a really good comparison because it feels like it i mean first tonally it's it love it's gorgeous sounding record it's it's a much more pleasant album to listen to than the teeth of the sea record which isn't meant to be a a downer on teeth of the sea but it's that's an intense record yeah 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 exactly um i mean if you take something like the title track from voodoo to zen it's got this like really very ambient quality which i think the manner in which this record builds you know early post-rock used to build by like having a clean guitar part which was really really clean and then they'd jump on the distortion pedal and you know that would kind of be it and and the manner that the they layer layers upon layer upon layer is done really masterfully on this album because it's sort of subtle enough for you to not realize it's happening but then you go from minute one to minute five and actually the song's totally changed, mm. you know, I suppose that's minimalism, but you know, and that is a very difficult thing to achieve and it's done, it's done really, really, really well on this record. Yeah. I, um, I, I do like, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it other than I really, really like it. I mean, like, as I said, the tones on a song like the new Delta, yeah, where everything is like, there's, this is what, this is what I think is cool about, you know, when we talk about, liking different types of music is you know that blink 182 album is meant to be clean but yes. it actually just sort of sounds 
mushy and it just sounds like nothing. Sounds sterile. Yeah. Whereas this, this is clean, this record. But shimmering. This is crystal clear. Every single note. You Again, you listen to this on a, on a pair of headphones and it whooshes around through your ears, like all yeah. the little different yeah. bits and bobs. Every single sounds you know, fantastic. Every sound, every instrument, every like note, you can hear it with absolute perfect audio. You know, it is... It sounds incredible. It's a beautiful, beautiful auditory experience. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, you don't want that with like Converge or anything. No. You want it to sound muddy and nasty yeah. or entombed or something like that. And I think that's, you know, you you, you judge what you're listening to and or, or what you're hearing based on the, the intent of what it's supposed mm. to create. And I, I really think this does a great job of sounding like super, like, like you say, science fiction. Yeah. Know, it, it sounds like... It sounds cold and chrome and clean and sterile and not sterile like you said in the Blink Ray Two album sounds sterile. But what I mean is, it sounds like precise. It is absolutely total precision on this record, and it's and it's really catchy, and it's really easy to listen to. Yep, and it's really pleasant. To it's really, to, yeah. it's just really cool. Yeah, like you know, and, and like I said, and it's got enough kind of oomph to it that if you are into the bands like you know if you're into the into perturbator or if you're into yeah maybe not carpenter brute because that's a bit more yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. pumping but i think yeah. if you're into particularly like that last perturbator ep new model which is great i really really like i think if you're into that you will probably if you're into that but you feel like having that mixed with kind of post-rock time signatures you might get a lot out of this cool the um Blink-182, I didn't imagine for a second that Blink-182 would come up in this review, but um, actually it is an interesting point to be made because, the yeah, as you say, they both have clean productions. I think just to add to that, I would say uh, the the clean production on Blink-182 feels so neutered that kind of like any sort of emotion is not drained out of it entirely, but a lot of it. It's, you know, there isn't an awful lot of emotion on it, whereas this Ties from Nebula album feels very like full of emotion and full of kind of um Stirs me, doesn't it's it? very stirring yeah yeah it's very um it, it 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 makes things happen inside my gut whereas the blink album doesn't i suppose yeah. is the most that makes things happen in my gut but um... <laughs> it's the, it makes pleasant things happen in my gut whereas the blink album doesn't which i suppose is the the most sort of base way i can describe it but you know that's um yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased you like it. I think you might like it a little bit more than I do. I think it's very, very good. I personally prefer Safe Haven, so I'm very curious to know, um, maybe if you listen to that one day, what you think of I that. I think I will do, yeah. So, I mean, you're um, right, though. I mean, I've, I, when I get a bit of spare time, I yeah, rarely yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. anything other than kind of electronic 80s pop at the moment, which yeah. is a bit weird. <laughs> I've been doing that for about two years now. Like, I, I very, very rarely go back to anything other maybe than... Maybe this is how you mellow. With yeah, electronic maybe. 80s pop. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to... I wanted to go to Pet Shop Boys the weekend. I missed it. Yeah, they played... Uh, so they did Hyde Park, but they also did a uh, super, super show. tiny show at 229. I would love to have gone to that. It looks like it would have been brilliant. But yeah. Hey. Um, yeah, this is a great album. I'm going to see them a couple of times live as well over the next few weeks as well, because I think, I believe, I'm going to see them in Germany and in Barcelona. So uh, I'll tell you what they're like live as nice. well. Nice. Well, that should um, be cool. So yeah. Uh, yeah, well worth checking out this. Well yeah. worth checking out. That is really Tides of Nebula. The album is called From Voodoo to Zen and it is out now. Right. Um, next album comes from See You Space Cowboy. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks, well, a couple of weeks, sorry, a couple of months ago, that time goes uh, towards the end of the, uh, towards the beginning of the year. Yeah. Start of the year, we, yeah. um, we re- reviewed uh, this band's 
first album, but it's sort of a collection of yes. EPs and tracks and singles and split EP parts. I've discovered since then, I think we probably called it their debut last time, but I've discovered since then, yeah, it's a collection of EPs and it was songs from the Firing Squad that record yes, was, that was called. called. This, was, um, this is their debut album. I would say this is their debut full-length album. Uh, yeah. The album's called The Correlation Between Entrance and Exit Wounds. Great um, title. Very good title. Now, if you remember back when we reviewed this album, comparisons were being thrown around to the likes of Early Daughters, The mm-hmm. Locust, mm-hmm. very, very, very kind of wild, crazy, extreme bands. Yeah, Dillinger's fair to Dillinger, put in there like as well. kind of early Dillinger as well. Um, and that's not gone away by no. any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not, no. But um, this, to me, is a slightly different record, Renfrey. Yes, I would definitely agree. I think it's... Uh, well... I think it was important to actually make that distinction between this being their debut album and songs from the firing squad being a collection of songs. Yeah. Because even though, you know, I, I was surprised when I heard songs from the squad firing squad was a collection of songs. I didn't realize, um, it, it sounds very of a whole and complete, but this record just has, well, more dynamics. There's the yeah. D word, but there's just a lot more dynamics and there's just a lot more going on. There is definitely a lot of moments where this album is face melting and there's some incredible riffs on it and some, you know, incredible screams from Connie Scarbosa is what I'm going to, how I'm going to pronounce her surname, I think. Um, she's an incredible front person. I think uh, her voice is absolutely just like gargling glass. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but there's also a lot of variation and um hooks i would say i'd say the hooks don't come so much in a vocal sense but maybe more with the guitars i don't know if you agree with that mm-hmm. um sorry to bring up the p word but i think there's a little bit of post-rock on this record believe it or not i think there are a couple of- <laughs> well let me bring up the m word uh, word then because to me this um brings much more rather than the kind of the uh, the math mathcore um elements i think are often replaced with early metalcore moments oh yeah, yeah this yeah. is potentially um leaning more towards being a metalcore album uh albeit a wild and frenzied one um than it is what we kind of previously discussed about them a kind of you know a, a jazzy grindcore album but that can't be the case because i like this album <laughs> um no i'm actually i can't really argue with that um um yeah i suppose it is um it reminds me a lot this album of um turn of the millennium post hardcore uh planes mistaken for stars yeah. uh grade maybe um that's late 90s though but uh, yeah, well, late 90s going into 2000 yeah. though if you're talking the sort of early part of the millennium graded turned into a uh, iron maiden tribute band oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah i forgot about that um thursday a bit um heavier than thursday definitely but there's there's actually a moment on this um album oh fuck what's it called there's a song called with hope uh, with high hopes and clipped wings where all the music stops and then some guy someone someone in the band just says ashes and i was like that is so turn of the millennium post hardcore <laughs> poison the well are the ones poison the well yeah poison the well are the ones for me this like there are so many points where this reminds me of poison the well and it particularly reminds me of my favorite poison the well album which is the opposite december ah. there's actually a song called late december where and and actually you know i was gonna i'm gonna mention this actually um there's like a space marked escape and late december 
both take it down a notch. Now, this album is, like you, re- you kind of rightly mentioned, this album's 29 minutes long. It is intense. Mm-hmm. It is an intense record. Yep. And it's only 29 minutes long, you know. 29 only, minutes, about 11 tracks, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, Raining Blood, 27 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So you can pummel the shit out of someone for that amount of time and it still be brilliant. But I do think there's something to be said for occasionally just, like, letting every, letting everybody get a little breather in. And, um, and they didn't do that on the previous record. No. Whereas they do do it on this record. Although, to be fair, knowing that they were yeah, separate entities, yeah, yeah. that makes I more sense. What I should but, yeah. say is that last release didn't have that, yes, whereas yes, this, yes, yes. this does. And that's clearly something that they've gone, okay, we're making an album now. We have to think about those things, and they have, and I'm glad they have actually. As, because, as am I, because yeah. those bits are great. They are, they are great. I mean, those I said, are, those are the post rock bits, in my opinion. Well, late December sounds like sliced paper wrist. That bits where he goes in, in the opposite of December. It's weird that it's called late December, and it reminds me so much of the opposite of December. It might be a purposeful nod, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, but that bit where uh, he's like um, that that breakdown, sliced paper wrist goes of all my said and says that bit. And it's Do the, the same. whole thing. Go on. No, I'm not doing the whole thing because I'll get up and go, one, nine, three, one. You said I'm not doing the whole thing. Well, that is the whole thing. I can't, it's been so long since I listened to that record. I probably can't remember the words off the top of my head. But uh, what a fucking great record that is. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, what a great record. Yeah. Opposite of December. Anyone who thinks Opposite of December isn't the best Poison of World record, scum. You are scum. Here he is. <laughs> uh, anyway, they're, they're a great band. But yeah, but it really reminds me of the opposite of December um, era Poison the Well, which I love. And then stuff like, you know, one band you didn't mention who I think straddle the Thursday in Poison the Well thing, Hopesful. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of Hopesful a bit. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me a bit of Drowning Man when they do go crazy. Converge when they do go crazy. Minus again ah, when they do go kind very of crazy good. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can see what you're saying. There is a bit more of that uh, quite harsh post-hardcore in there as well. But really a lot. I mean, like you say, the, the, the riffs and the screams and the... Mm. They've even got the production down to proper like Revelation Records, Trust Kill mm-hmm. production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic, isn't it? I, 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 I think I brought in songs from the firing squad earlier this year. Cause I was like, Oh, I see a lot of potential in this band, a lot of potential. And it's really lovely when, um, I wasn't expecting an album this quickly. No. Um, and it's really album. It's really lovely when you, uh, see potential and then, and then a band deliver on it. And I think that's exactly what's happened here. I think, if this band made the leap that they've made from their EPs to this album, every album, um, not likely, but not not necessarily impossible. impossible, we'd be talking about a properly brilliant seminal band, I think. Um, who knows? But, you know, I, th- I, th- I think the leaps forward are really, really good. And, and, yeah. and, and yeah, I think this is a... I, I love this record. More I do stink face so many times yeah, at yeah. so many points. More than anything. Record. I mean, I went to the gym. I listened to this album from beginning to end in the gym. And I, I can only imagine looking yeah. like a fucking beast. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a riff which reminds me of um, Ruin from Lamb of God, where it's that, that thing that bands do where they play the open... E or it's tuned down to whatever it is and it's like yeah exactly and that fuck if that done well fucks me up every time i love That's it so and there is one song on here i can't actually remember off the top of my head but it does it so well and every time i'm like 
yeah, you know th this is this is great this yeah record. yeah it's, it's fantastic really good. and with the, i mean talking about those bands that me and you reminisce so sort of so often about from the kind of trust kill revelation of brandy and a cigar yeah. usually oh. usually immediately after the yeah. podcast we do that every week <laughs> remember when our friends rust played and the underworld we all went down early to see babies three uh and um <laughs> yeah open hand when they when they supported boys in the well it was before they went all queens of stone age guys they were a hardcore band back then. Yeah. Um, but we do like we do love that period of time. Yes. We we, we yes. We and um, and we uh, with I th I think somehow weirdly, people are li here in metalcore, which I know you often slag off metalcore, and I'm I've got a bit more of a tolerance for it. Although when it's bad, and we don't really cover the the bad bands, I try Most and bring in the ones that I. That yeah. I actually go, okay, well, this is the good version of yeah. is the best of what we got, essentially. Yeah. And um, but you know, they're all kind of post kill switch engage bands. Mm. And, you know, I think This band are looking further back, basically. Yeah, they're looking further back than that. And there's there's another one next week who are doing that as well. Mm. Great. Oh, do you know what? There's a lot of um there's a lot of these frenetic if you're a fan of really frenetic, heavy, um, something core records hardcore post-hardcore uh, metalcore whatever records uh this week and next week are fucking glorious for you you they should really be are. very 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 excited really although are. we should say this album's actually out next week i believe week, yeah. uh so actually next week is a great week for you <laughs> um oh yeah for several reasons next week is there's a there's a few of them bands oh, that's ridiculous really mental. Mm. so yeah basically. But, but this but this is is very very good um very good actually very it's, very it's very really good. yeah it's very 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 there good. are basically there are three albums so this is released next week two other albums released next week yeah. of a similar vein and all oh, of them see what you did there of a similar vein oh <laughs> uh and they'll be um not we haven't even reviewed, you know we haven't even reviewed the not loose album i know i know so I even yeah, reviewed it. yeah yeah this is better than that. Yep. <laughs> like for a quick review, this and the other two that review next week are better are than the Not Loose album. Not, yeah. not loose album. I've seen a lot of people going loose. mad about the Not Loose album, and you know, fair. It likes, I'm not going to knock it. Eh. Um, but uh, but but kind of knowing that the records that were on the horizon, I was like, I don't know if there's much point. I, I sorry. I think you know. I I, I gave that a Not Loose album eight in Metal Hammer, so okay. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. Eight's a good. Yeah, good score. Okay, but okay. It's not so. as good as this. Not nope. even fucking close. Absolutely. So, not. Um, yes, there you go. The album is called "The Correlation Between Entrance and Exit Wounds." The band are called CU Space Cowboy. They, if you like, you know, teeth-shattering music. Very good. That's the one you want. All right, let's do uh, before we close up. Because it's been another bloody long show. We haven't even done trade off. Blink One Eighty Two. Get in our tits. Um, the last Space release Jam comes Man. from um, it comes from Sewer. Is that how you spell it? Uh, say it. I think say you mean um, Sir. I think it's uh, it's French word, isn't it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know about words. So cultured on this podcast. Uh, well, I can't speak French. I did German in GCSE. No, I did French, mate. Yeah. Ah, sprechen Sie Deutsch, Renfrey? <laughs> Nicht. I'm going to Germany in a bit. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Yep. 
Dubist. Au revoir. Dubist. I'm. Fuck. Okay, don't worry. Um, This is No Show by Sua. It's a debut EP from a Bristol-based trio who I would say mix math rock, indie pop melodies and grunge guitars. Oh, lovely stuff. Math rock. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, Definitely. Yes. Uh, Lost the power of speech here. Um, Sua are a band who I have had an eye on for a couple of years they formed in 2016 and um from the beginning i've always thought well again band who will be good but aren't quite there and i suppose uh it was actually watching them at 2000 trees this year where i went aha they're there um and this has been the first release they've had since then and i thought it was worth bringing in um a lot of pj harvey in the sort of vocal delivery of this um there's two vocalists anya and tina and the manner in which they play off of one another is uh really brilliant actually I that's think. kind of if you don't mind me butting in is where i give a, the, the the sort of almost the math rock um shout to oh. because they i mean maybe it's not right but it reminds me almost and bear with me because You'll listen to this and you'll go, what's he on about? What's he but on about? the way that Justin and Mikey in Sixth used to overlap each other's vocals. Oh, okay. Which is very clever and very, very difficult to do. They've got a touch of that on it. It feels like there are two, they're, they're, you know, often when you get a band, you know, I love Raging Speed on, but you, only, you don't need yeah, to. Yeah, you don't need to. Just, both of you just shouting at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, Lacuna Coil. Yeah, you don't need that guy. Yeah. Um, you just sort of, the man who stands next to Christine Scabia and goes, oh, sometimes. <laughs> uh, like, don't need you, mate. So usually when a band has two vocalists, you'd go, well, you don't really need mm. to both yeah. be here. Yeah. Um, whereas this is a very, very clever use of, yes. of vocals. I think- I, it very much feels like um, Anya and Tina are, are, are both the front people yeah, person definitely. woman of this band um and they are both as people important. person woman that is an interesting <laughs> thing so i mean carry on because i ain't touching it but, <laughs> but none of those things that i said were offensive but i i still felt i was like oh, i better like, Mate, every, everything's offensive now yeah so uh, <laughs> um but um you know and and, the, and yes their interplay is absolutely phenomenal the way that they play off one of their photos are you about to say something no no, no. okay um they both have this kind of um laush lackadaisical kind of cool style to them but without being too down in energy and i think that's quite a difficult thing to achieve becky from milk teeth has it a bit as well um and it's a really difficult balance because Sometimes you can look at those sort of loose kind of like, I mean, kind of like mid nineties girl, girl yeah. power? what am I talking about? Riot girl kind of style thing, uh-huh. but doing it to Louise a... Wenner from sleeper, <laughs> but doing it in a way that's still engaging. 
I think that's a hard balance to make. And I think yeah. Tina and Anya both do it brilliantly. It's good. Now. I mean, the second track on it is called Do What I Want. I think that's amazing. I it's fantastic, that's, that's isn't it? That's the best track. Yeah, that was a single. It is a yeah, brilliant that song. Is a really, really good I think song. they're, I, I do think they're all great, though. I think it's a great little EP, this. It's a really cool EP. Yeah. yeah. It is, actually. It's not very long either. It's, it's, no. It goes by, and it's their debut EP, right? No, no, no. This is their fourth EP. Oh, okay. They've been, oh, so they've been going a little... Well, no, they've been going three years, so a tiny while, Why I suppose. Why can I only find that one, then? I suppose I didn't look that hard. Got to go on their old uh, band I'm, camping. I'm on their website. Go to music. There's only one thing here. Look. Oh. <laughs> I didn't scroll all so, the way down. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> So you mean I've got to scroll all the way down? <laughs> How lazy is the modern music listener that not only do they not go out to record shops and physically buy stuff anymore, it's got to the point where even if you can drag your lazy carcass hand to go to their website, like, oh, I don't want to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Why should I have to do that? Can't you just put it straight in my ears? If you're listening, sir, maybe maybe that's something to look at on the old website. Maybe put the uh, EPs closer together or something. I don't know. But yeah. I, no, no, I, I don't think it's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> In this instance, I'm pretty sure that that is down to me getting home and going, oh, fuck, I need to get everything ready. <laughs> no, it's their fourth EP. And I would say as well that each EP has been incrementally getting a bit better and better and better. Um, the last two are well worth checking out. No show. This one's really good. And fight, I think it's called. <laughs> well, I'm... fight. <laughs> I think I think it's called fight. Um... Kick. I mean, I could look. I could you bothered. could, can you? If you could be bothered. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, it's called fight. Excellent. Um, they are both really, really, really good, and they're a fully sort of DIY venture, and and um, I just think they're really, really promising, and they have lots and of elements from lots of different bands but i don't think there's anyone quite doing the exact mix of what they do maybe yeah. you can no no yeah cool um and the little they remind me a bit of brutus at, at points a little bit yeah. and they remind me i think you see pj harvey is quite a good comparison i think pj harvey especially dry era and rid of me era aka her first two albums yeah definitely yeah. But probably a little bit more rock than that a well. bit more rock yep yeah yeah but i mean you know that's a cool that sounds good on paper doesn't yeah 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 yeah. and it sounds great on the old mp3 as well <laughs> um the, i think they are a really promising band and they could be excellent i th- wonder i think i think now it might be time to do a record now for um um this is the direct message to them it might be time to do a, a, a you sound like <laughs> a mum who is sort of been told by her husband that her son who's 21 and still living with them has to leave and you're sort of tippy toe around ah, are you sure you've got enough space in the house i think it might be time for you to move out well i think i think i think they've got to i think they have done i want to enjoy my retirement <laughs> and roast chickens with steven i've got a lot of admiration for this band because i feel like they've done things right i know i know behind the scenes that they've had a couple of like you know managers wanting to to manage them and stuff and they've gone no you know what we we just want to do it ourselves for the moment and sometimes that's like oh a bad idea because you don't know what you're doing but but, but but well i was about to say but but yeah and quite a lot of bands do but but sometimes sometimes that's a mistake because bands aren't very good at 
dealing with the business side of things. And I think so uh, are actually doing a really good job of doing things themselves. Really good job, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I, I've, I, as someone who's been following their career for the last couple of years, I feel like they are getting better and better and better. And I, I wonder if now is the time to look at doing a record for 2020. In, I would be interested in hearing a kind of half hour, 40 minutes of what they came exactly. up with. Because the five tracks, I was like, it goes by very quickly. I was totally engaged with it the entire time. I thought it was quite a unique mix of stuff. It was really interesting tones and sounds and ideas that they had but yeah you're right i think they 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 could probably stretch that out and they could probably go into more places and more interesting places if they had you know the idea for a record so yeah i suppose i suppose i will say the reason i am saying that i'm like sort of highlighting that is because once when they released fight i wouldn't have said it's time for you to do an album but now that they've released no show i think it is there you go. All right. It's called No Show. It's by Sir. Uh, I also put in a little quote from Stathlet's Flats uh, in there a minute ago. hope you caught that. Have you seen that show? Um, I know. Um, so Tash Dimitriou, um, who's yeah. in it, um, she's sort of, I, she's I don't know. She is wonderful. Yeah. I don't, I've met her a couple of times because she's a friend of a friend. Um, but uh, I do, I really want to see Stathlet's Flats. Yeah. It looks really, really good. You should watch it. Why aren't you watching it? Um, I'm, at the moment, I'm recording this podcast. Um, that's why I'm not watching it. Um, I mean, when I go back later tonight, I'll probably be going through the podcast and editing it. Mm. Uh, I'm a busy guy. Um, <laughs> you need to make time to watch. It's my favourite new comedy show. Satellite's Flats. Favourite. I think one of the best comedy of the decade. Holy crap! Well, I will well, yeah, tell. Not a lot of. There's not been many things that have come out in this decade, comedy-wise, that have been no, that good, really. Uh, I will tell my. It's better than the last Alan Partridge. Oh, there we go. But yeah. although Tash Dimitri was in What We Do in the Shadows as well, and I thought that series was really good. Mm, I thought the film was good. Didn't you like did you not like the series at all? No, 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 I did not like it at all. I just thought the film was great, and I thought the series was all right. It's all right. Controversial film opinion. That's yeah. what you come here for, isn't it? Uh, the controversial TV know. series opinion. TV series opinion. I did um, make a controversial film opinion apparently what? earlier, but you know, you just brushed that under the carpet. What was that? Well, I don't. Oh, like... was that when you said Time Cop was the best film of all time? <laughs> <laughs> no, about uh, Once Upon a Time in America and it both being oh pretty, in Hollywood, yeah, 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 yeah. And bad. Yeah. yeah, we'll discuss that later. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Anyway, that's it. Um, <laughs> what a weird outro. Yeah, pretty weird. Yeah. Um, next week we're going to be talking about the number twelve looks like you and get ready for some fucking riffs, you pricks, because <laughs> Gift from God and Renounced are in the house. Um, musicism.net is the place to go for all your courses. Write in the checkout in capital letters and you'll get 25% off of that price. $9.99. Get it cheaper than that, isn't it? Oh, mm-hmm. amazing. Thanks mm-hmm. very much. We'll be back next week, as I said, with some uh, some riffs for your faces. Very much so, yeah. 